On this episode of the Star Wars Time Show, Matt's equipment and bladder fail a few times, which means Nick is back from his exile from the internet, so the gang is back and dumber than ever. They riff on a ton of Clone Wars topics, ranging from a full breakdown of the excellent S7E9 to a speculative rant on how the final three episodes will play out with Order 66 looming over everything. Can Whitworth's glowing opinions be trusted? The bros definitely think so. From here, they move into a few Mando-related topics and things to watch on May the 4th before talking about some cool Rogue One facts and Babu Frick's hero, Steven Spielberg. Of course, they wrap with a few lockdown living recommendations before kicking off this week's Top 5 Plus One Star Wars Fan Artist Features of the Week. Maestro, you know what to do. Yeah, and my my awesome copy of GarageBand. <laughs> hey now, everybody, and hey now, Nick. That is right. My man is back, and he is in his castle. It may have busted-ass yes. windows, and he had to shovel out his own shit just to take a shit, but he's in his house, he's got a lawn, and he's got the internet. Welcome back to the show, my friend. I know everyone missed you last week. I did a little impromptu live stream, which, you know, when you do something like that, you should probably let your fans know you're doing it. But, hey, we're fucking stupid, right? We've made that clear from day one. We don't plan. We don't think. We don't do anything that makes sense. But, you know, that the, the live stream was fun, but it was definitely missing the Nick. So how you doing, buddy? Yeah. How you doing? I, I, I'm <laughs> trying to... <laughs> To get shit through and, 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 you know, get this house set up. I was telling Matt before we went live that I'm in the the office space that will become the Star Wars Time Texas HQ. But I don't, I have like boxes in here. I don't have like a TV stand that actually fits the TV that's going to be in this room. I don't have any of my shit unpacked in this. So I'm still in the process of, of getting there, of getting to a full HQ setup. But we're, we're almost there. I have internet. I have fucking one gigabit internet through AT&T. Woo! So if my internet shits itself, then I don't know what the well, fuck. Not, I mean, these do. days, it's pretty clear. I am the one with the technical fuck-ups now because right before <laughs> we went live, I mean, I'm like, I'm like, hey, Nick, I figured out all this stuff with technology. I'm so cool. <laughs> OBS, <laughs> live stream. And then what happens, I'm sitting there talking to him like, yeah, dude, so we'll do this and then we'll talk about that. I'm like, man, this guy's kind of a dick. Hey, Nick, Nick, Nick. And yeah, <laughs> then I switch to GarageBand and I get the old message. Hey, core audio fail. So essentially I was talking to myself for a few minutes, but uh, I've got a little bit of a, a rig going on right now. I'm doing my audio on a whole separate device. Uh, so hopefully it doesn't feel like other programs are taking any of its precious memory. Uh, but looking at the audio spikes right now, this this could be a, a loud sounding feed for me. So I apologize, but we'll, we'll figure shit out. So, uh, you know, Nick's back. He doesn't have everything. He he may be sitting there on a box in his underwear uh, cooking some ramen noodles, <laughs> but he's on the show. And it's a good thing he's on the show because we have a ton of Clone Wars shit to talk about. And hopefully everyone should be excited for that because after episode nine last week, uh, I think... Most of you, 
at least those of you that haven't been loving what has gone down in the previous eight episodes, uh, you're finally like, okay, this is what I signed up for for the final season of Clone Wars. And while I will agree with all of you that episode nine was absolutely fucking banging, I mean, it was the best Clone Wars I've seen and some of the best Star Wars I've seen. And it's only going to get better. That's the crazy part. We'll, but we'll be talking about 10, 11, and 12 up here in a little bit. But, Nick, I don't know if you were able to kind of scan the, the socials, at least from your phone, as you were disconnected from the world. But how about the buzz around Old Friends Not Forgotten, which is S79? Oh, dude, it, it was huge leading up to it because this is the part of the show that, that – kicks off this whole thing that Sam Witwer was talking about, you know, when Clone Wars first launched. Like, these episodes are going to be the best Clone Wars that we've ever seen from 9 till the end, and maybe even some of the best Star Wars that we've ever seen. And you could tell that right from the opening of the episode because it gets the proper Star Wars introduction. Like, you don't oh, get dude, the typical, I love like, that. Boom, I love it. Yeah, you get the real intro of Star Wars and that tells you, like, part one, boom, we're getting into an area of Clone Wars that we've never really been in before outside of the standalone movie. Like, this is a special part of this show. And, it, and this episode kicked it off great. I mean, I fucking loved everything about it. And, you know, there's a ton of great Easter eggs. Like you mentioned, you get to see so many characters that you recognize oh, it was ridiculous like, i mean before we even got into the goddamn episode I, I i mean i had eggs coming left and right like you said the opening title i mean we got the old school 1970s green lucasfilm limited title card mm-hmm. no yep. music then you get the red clone wars logo which always implies some bad shits going down right when star wars turns red it's not good Yep. Then you literally got the opening crawl musical theme. Yeah. I, I mean, the only thing you were missing was a crawl, but you kind of get that in the form of uh, uh, the recap, yeah, the, the the re- recap guy. Was that Tom Kane or whoever? I forget which voice guy does the recap. But uh, it, it was just so far it, it this this Siege of Mandalore arc is paying off on what Witwer was, was kind of spewing. Uh, before it drops so as we usually do let's just go ahead and get into the easter eggs of this episode and for some reason nick i don't know if it's because i'm, I'm getting up at 6 a.m to do this shit or what but i keep forgetting to list the eggs in the actual post shell for this fucking thing <laughs> uh, those of you watching on youtube right now you can see you know i got the script in there we've got all our lovely ads that no one clicks on or blocks so nick and i have to hook on the weekends to pay for the site <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I keep forgetting the list of Easter eggs. So, I mean, we, we could sit here and play the video, which I'm not going to. I'll play it in the background for those of you that don't watch this shit. Uh, but we, yeah, we this video actually did well, so I'm not going to sit here and bitch and moan. But get into the eggs, man. Like I said, we had the opening, the opening title card and the opening scene was just, it was movie-like. It was very cinematic. Uh, we mm-hmm. get the old, uh, kind of it's like the Jedi planning, right? We see... General Grievous first. Then we get Caleb Doom, Deepa Balalba, yeah, Plo Koon, Commander Bly, Commander Bakara, uh, Kiati Mundi. Yeah. So a lot of the clones that we saw killing their masters were featured in that little shot. Them. I mean, I don't think that was yeah. by accident. Yeah, you see them with the masters that they will eventually <laughs> kill, which I thought was really cool. I mean, and it shows them, like, it tells you 
these Jedi have been sent far out into the reaches of space, not like they would usually be, especially masters like Plo Koon and Ayala Secure and these others that are, you know, more seasoned Jedi that usually don't go out into the far reaches of space. So it sets up why they're out there and how they're in the line of fire for these clones when Order 66 eventually goes off. So not only are you getting good Clone Wars material, but you're already getting context into what's going to be happening in Episode 3. So, yeah, that was fucking awesome. I love just seeing that I I think, if anything, that little tease, at least with Caleb, almost guarantees we're going to see him escaping Order 66 in the Clone Wars. Like, it actually being detailed. I mean, it was was detailed in, in the Kanan comics, which I do recommend checking out if you've missed those. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I have a feeling, and, and we're going to get there, Nick, because this you might as well just call this the Clone Wars cast because a, a majority of our topics are Clone Wars related, which is awesome because I'm at some great Star Wars storytelling going on right now. But I, I, I really think episode 12, if not 11, we're, we're going to see Caleb. Maybe just even a even if they're just doing kind of a cut to all the planets uh, I think yeah. Caleb's escape is going to be featured alongside maybe the deaths of some of the Jedi. I don't know if they're going to reshow uh, Isla or Kiati's death or Plo's death, or if they're just going to leave those for the movie. You know, because Dave always likes to essentially let the movies tell what they've told, and he's used the cartoons to kind of fill in uh, the gaps. Um, I don't know if you watched yeah. the Clone Wars download, but this week he specifically said, like, he's. He, he really didn't want to do much with Anakin and Obi-Wan in this season because their their Clone Wars end is told in Revenge of the Sith, right? So, exactly. so he's focusing on, all right, well, then what the hell happened to Ahsoka and Rex? So they are the main characters of the Clone Wars, uh, so on and so forth. So I, I do think we're going to get some shots of that, but it was nice just to kind of get that set up. We saw that in the trailers when everyone's like, oh, my God, look at this. Well, now we actually got the scene. All right, this this next moment, Nick, I've seen a lot of people kind of take this in different uh, routes, but everyone I've seen, they they still kind of have kept uh, along the lines of the scene of Anakin on that bridge on Urbana uh, staring down the Separatists. To me, I got hints of Luke... Luke standoff with Jabba. I mean, they play the exact same music, you know, where they're, like, looking at each other and you get, like, the dun, dun... Yeah. Done. And then, you know, Anakin's doing a little trick, trying to buy time for Rex and the 501 sitting under the bridge. And then, obviously, R2 kind of kicks off the action. But I also got some people that were taking stills and comparing Anakin's standoff with the droids to Luke's standoff with the First Order in The Last Jedi. Hey, and we're back. Guess what? Nick's back on the show, which means my fucking system (laughs) wants to kill itself. I can't have both of We're, us on at the same time. Like it, it, it is a dude. It's a one-person show on Matt's side of the, of the computer. Uh, I can't believe it. Yeah, like like this time, my my crashes two episodes ago. I think one oh five. I, I would know when it was crashing, so I would just stop. This time, I had no clue it crashed. So I was sitting there going on and on about this, that, and the other thing about how Anakin and his son, and then I get nothing from Nick. But anyways, we're back here to the. Uh, talking about the the Easter eggs from Old Friends Not Forgotten, the Clone Wars S7E9. But I was talking, Nick, about Anakin's standoff with the Separatists, right? Yep. And how, to me, at least musically and a couple of the uh, 
visual motifs really reminded me of, of Luke's standoff with Jabba, basically, you know, shit-talking him without shit-talking him to kind of allow the plan to start to develop and, and kick off with R2 shooting up the lightsaber. But anyways, uh, before our uh, tech went ahead and decided to stick its penis in my ass, I was talking about how some sites have lined up stills of Luke facing off with the First Order and comparing it to Anakin facing off with the Separatists. Yeah, I saw a couple of those, and I I, I like the visual parallel there because it definitely is, you know, like you can see the big fucking spider walkers on the bridge that are staring down at Anakin just like the big, um, you know, AT-AT variants were staring down at Luke on Crate. But I do feel like what was being done i mean and i guess you could say like what was being done you know on crate and what was being done in jabba's palace is similar it's essentially buying time for a plan to play out so now you see that anakin also did that the good thing was in comparison to the jabba's palace one is that anakin's plan actually worked he bought time for you know the the clones to get ready under the bridge the siege comes up boom they're all saved and jabba's palace didn't exactly work out well luke pulls his lightsaber to him and then all of a sudden he's in a rancor pit and he's about to die. So a little bit of change of fates from that perspective. Uh, it's, it still worked in yeah. the end, right? I mean, he, he, he saved everybody. Yeah, he did. He did. It took a little bit longer than he would have liked and he had to fight out of a situation, but it still, it still did end up working in the end. I was looking for the uh, comparison, but I'm not smart enough to find it on uh, Google, <laughs> but, it, but it was out there. I, I'm going with mine was better anyway. Yeah. So who gives a shit? Yeah. Right. right. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, moving on with the Easter eggs, I just keep like looping the video <laughs> in the fucking OBS version. Who knows what's going on, my friends? We are already off the rails. But uh, getting back to some of the Easter eggs, uh, Saw Guerrero, we get a nice mention there because uh, who is that? Uh, Ularin calls up Anakin. He's like, "Hey, someone's on the Fulcrum band." Yep. It's like, oh, that that's kind of a two for there because we get the Saul mention, which we we first met Saul in the Clone Wars. It wasn't in Rogue One. That's old crazy Saul. Uh, but we also know if you're a Rebels fan that Ahsoka essentially uh, adopts that that call sign. Yes, and then uh, when she starts working for the Rebellion. Yeah, and then the the Fulcrum call sign actually lives on past Ahsoka as well, at least on the Imperial side, right? Because because Callus takes that on as his call sign eventually too. I saw something like that where the, like there's multiple. Fulcrums. Yeah, I always, I always get that screwed up. Now that you bring it up, was Callus Fulcrum or was Ahsoka Fulcrum? So, because in our in our little lovely game, you have Galactic Republic Ahsoka. Yes, right. We're talking about Swago, 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 and then you literally have one called Fulcrum. Yeah, you have Ahsoka Fulcrum, <laughs> which is the Rebels Ahsoka. But then I believe, right. like, Ahsoka takes on the call sign of Fulcrum through the Rebel Alliance, but I think that Callus becomes the Fulcrum of the Imperial side, right? Is that how it works? List of Fulcrums. Sure. Star Wars. I'm going to look it up here. I'm just, I'm just watching the Easter egg video play over and over. <laughs> yeah, I mean... There we go. I, I guess I could have been playing it to the ones we're talking so, to. So we're, we're learning here. So it says, okay, so Fulcrum was a title used by several rebel informants in the years leading up to the Battle of Yavin. Um, so here's all former Jedi, former Jedi Padawan Ahsoka Tano proposed the idea and was most notable fulcrum agent. ISB agent Alexander Callis 
became Fulcrum after becoming Dissolution That guy of the had Empire. some bitchin' mutton chops, by the way. Wait, what now? I said that guy had some bitchin' mutton oh, chops. Oh, yeah, he did. His, his fucking mutton chops were great. Kick-ass. But they were... Uh, so it says that Callus was... He became a Fulcrum. And then if you look at like the list of Fulcrums... It's saying Ahsoka eventually Rex takes it on. Kane and Jarrus at at one point takes on Ezra Bridger. Yeah, there you go. So basically anyone can be Fulcrum yeah. at this Thrawn, point. Thrawn? I don't know how that. Harris. Oh, he's Fulcrum too. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> so I don't know if this list that's just popping up in Google is just random names, but it also says that Tam Rivora also took on the Fulcrum title at one point, which would be interesting because she is a disillusioned First Order agent who then... Yeah. You know, starts to uh, this. This is sounding like a a fan yeah. edited Wikipedia at this point. Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, either way, uh, it was a good Easter egg, yeah. right? I mean, look at that. Look at all that knowledge Nick just dro- dropped on you about Fulcrum. Yeah, shit you probably ever uh, never thought you needed to know, but now you know. So uh, moving on, we got a moment there with Obi Wan and Bo where uh, she kind of throws the Satine thing at yep, him. Yep, that was touching. Uh, but in. In true Obi-Wan fashion, you have to wonder if he just cut off his dick or something because that guy is, he is the epitome of how a Jedi reacts or should react to love and relationships. Oh, yeah, by the book Jedi. He's like, look. Yeah, he's like, you know what? I liked her, but fuck it. Who cares? I'm a Jedi. We can't focus on that anymore. We have to focus yeah. on what's at right. hand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he pretty much says, like, listen, I'm a Jedi. I cannot make decisions based on my emotions. Therefore, I will defer to the Council, who is led by two bozos that are letting a Sith Lord undermine the entire Republic. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, all right, then we got the – this I really loved, Nick, and that was the, the mention that Shock T was going to be the one that's already protecting Palpatine and the fact that Anakin and Obi are being recalled for that mission in particular. Yeah. Now, uh, you know, this is all by design by Palpatine. I mean, he, he wanted these two to come back, and he ultimately wanted them to be separated so he could make his move on Anakin. You know, he's kind of creepy like that. Yeah. He is a uh, but I, I, I liked I like seeing it finally uh, because all, all we get to see in rots now this is if you discount the the Gennady stuff because Gennady's Clone Wars literally shows uh, Palpatine's abduction yeah. by Grievous Shakti essentially getting beat by Grievous and that's why they escape and it, it leads right into the, the Jedi flying in on their ETA. Yeah, so I assume that we're not, we may get some views of that side of things, but it seems like we're going to be heavily focused on the Ahsoka part of it. So, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk more on that because we, we got the descriptions for 11 and 12, and I don't think we're going to get any direct Anakin and Obi Wan at all. Yeah. I think it's done. Uh, and Filoni mentions as much in the Clone Wars download for S79. He's like, basically, when when they get called away, I've they're 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 there. The Clone Wars story is over, and it's going to be finished in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, no, it makes total sense. So it gives us that lead in that we did get in the Gennady side of things, and there is a deleted scene in Rots where you actually see Shakti being killed by by Grievous. So well, Anakin kills her. Well, shot. Well, are you sure? I'm pretty sure it's it's because that's the footage uh, Obi Wan and Yoda are watching. Okay, so don't they? So maybe yeah. I mean, it was a deleted scene, so maybe they scrapped that. I, I'm pretty sure Anakin is, the, or I guess Vader, is the one who kills Shakti. Yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I know that 
if you go through and you watch the deleted scenes on Rots, you essentially see Shakti on her knees, like aboard the bridge of a, either aboard the bridge of a cruiser or she's in the, you know, the space where Chancellor Palpatine was being protected. And then um, Grievous is behind her and shoves a lightsaber through her chest and kills her. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm pulling up the, the video now. It says Anakin kills Shakti. It's making me watch a fucking ad. Come yeah. here. Our people don't have time for ads. Shock. Yeah, she's like she's like sitting there praying in the temple. And Anakin comes behind her and janks her in the back. Okay. Okay. It's like it's it's really shitty looking. Like they didn't finish any of the effects. It's so funny cuz there's a screen rant article from last year. It says Shock T, the Jedi who died five times. <laughs> it says, uh, Shock T's death was supposed to happen towards the beginning of episode three, General Grievous killing her. So that's the deleted scene. Um, and then in another scene towards the end of it, Shock T is seen meditating at the Jedi Temple when Anakin, now Darth Vader, walks in and stabs her yeah. in the back. So that's the deleted scene I, I, I was talking about and just, just showed here on, yes. on the recorded part of the stream. That is, yeah. <laughs> yeah so i guess there you go i guess uh anakin killed her but who knows e- either way it was it was nice to just get that mention in this this episode you know what i mean yeah. like hey guys it's really tying the clone wars back into uh the live action stuff yeah it was awesome uh, i didn't put the may the force be with you i think that's the first time we we saw that uh, obviously, getting Ahsoka's sabers, that was a pretty cool moment. Yeah, and he, he changes both colors to blue instead of her. It's hilarious. Because yeah. yeah. it she was what? She was green before, she right? She was blue and green. She had one of each color. Or blue and yellow, I believe. Um, one of her colors was offset, so she had multiple. And then he switched it to where she now has both colors of his sabers. <laughs> yeah, I like how he's like, yeah, I improved yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. So that was pretty awesome. Uh, and kind of sticking with this moment, Nick, and this is another huge one I kind of talk about, but th- this is the last goodbye, at least in person, of Ahsoka and Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, and you hang on that moment for a little bit because those of you who you know who have watched The Clone Wars and who know about this arc know that this is, if, if there is no other meeting of these characters again, this is the last time that Anakin and Ahsoka will see each other until their showdown in Rebels when, you know, when... Anakin is or when Ahsoka is fighting Darth Vader not knowing that it is and she like she had you can tell she has thoughts that Vader could be Anakin but it isn't until she cracks his mask that she's like oh fuck exactly so it is him and it's just the scene was so great like Anakin his reaction to Ahsoka coming back was probably the best part of this episode because you do. You see this guy, and you see his 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 love for this little sister, and you see how much he cares about her. And then when you think about what he's about to go and do, it's fucking depressing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's literally so positive and so happy and so willing to help her. You know, he wants her to get Maul. He he's the one that says, "Hey, Kenobi, fucking chill out. I'll split the five oh one." I mean. He's just he's 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 that big brother almost fatherly figure to her and they leave on such a a, a high and the, the, their bond you can tell is so strong yet we know he's literally walking away 
from from her forever and from the rest of his friends, the Jedi and the Force for the most yeah, part. Yeah, exactly. Like that moment forward is essentially the start of his downfall. It's fucking tough. It was. I mean, dude, this. I'm not gonna lie that this episode got me a few times. Yeah, there was a lot of really good moments. In this. There's a lot of uh, Williams musical motifs, which which are always gonna get me a little misty eyed. Yep. Uh, but but just the gravity of some of the conversations that were taking place, knowing full well what's about to happen, uh, it was it was a doozy, and it's only going to get worse according to insiders. So I I can't even imagine what's coming next. Yeah, it's, this this whole arc is going to be really awesome, and it kicked off with a great episode here. So right, we got I mean All Mac he he came back in. Obviously, going back to Mandalore was was pretty awesome. I mean All Mac was uh, made famous in the Clone Wars. He's the one that enabled Maul to kind of have his takeover. Yep. He's he's the puppet PM. Uh, so it's good to see him. Uh, we get shots of Gar Saxon and Rook Cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saxon, we, we knew of him from the Rebels, but they were actually, they both got turns in the Sons of Dathomir Darth Maul comic, uh, which kind of shows why they are such supporters of Maul and why they don the Maul DeLorean uh, armor. Yes. Uh, so that was kind of neat. And then uh, the Maldalorians themselves. I mean, I, I don't know if people thought we were kidding or if that hashtag was bullshit, but we got them in full display yeah, with the red and, and the, the horns. Hell, I mean, Saxon himself has fucking horns, horns grafted onto his helmet. Yeah, that was awesome to see. I love seeing that that helmet. And, and their whole like their whole setup looked really cool because it was essentially their armor mirrored the these Sith tattoos that are on Maul's face and all across his body. And yeah, I mean, oh, it yeah. was great. It was great. Yeah. They, 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 they clearly, uh, have, have a boner for the guy or something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least respect, I guess a, a warrior's respect, but, uh, uh those Mandalorians that, uh, kind of turned their back on Mandalore and, and teamed up with Maul, they went all in. Yeah. Like, I mean, they jumped the fucking feet first. There's no doubt about it. So, uh, those were the eggs. I mean, we, we've talked about some of the top moments, some I missed. Uh, I really liked uh, Kenobi's entry into this episode with that big save on Cody. Yeah. Uh, of course, Anakin's cockiness is is never on better display than in the Clone Wars, just like I've said about his uh, ability to kind of shift to the dark side sometimes. I mean, the Clone Wars just nails this fucking character. I mean, just nails it when he shows up and he's just being such a dick to Obi-Wan, but in a fun way. And and Obi-Wan knows he's kind of jerking him around, but I I just, I love this version of Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. I think this was a really good note to go out with him. If we never see him again in this series, I think this was a really good, strong Anakin Skywalker episode to end it on because you get to see it. Like you mentioned, you get to see the cockiness, the brashness, but you also get to see what eventually pulls him to the dark side, which is an overwhelming flow of emotion between him and Ahsoka. And eventually that is what causes his downfall. I mean, is the, is the emotional attachment that he has to his loved ones. And you know, you get to see that not only through Padme now, because that's who most of his affection has been shown to throughout the entire life cycle of that character. But now you get to see that, that deep emotional bond that he had with Ahsoka and, and, you know, seeing that part of him, plus this, this brash cockiness that you see on the bridge when he's setting up this, you know, this deceptive tactic 
from right well well, that's where you get old man crazy obi-wan lying obi-wan telling stories like he was a good friend a skilled warrior i mean that that's where this shit comes from i mean you you knew or you could tell when old man ben was sitting there reminiscing about his fallen friend anakin how much he loved that guy uh how impressed he was of that guy's piloting skills his warrior skills uh and you get to see how they kind (laughs) of how they had this big brother little brother relationship and, and anakin being the more skilled warrior would always make sure his his older brother remembered that yeah uh, while while saving the day and doing the right thing, but I, I just I loved, I, I I mean I've said it a million times. I, I can't say it enough. Anakin Skywalker in the animated version of the Clone Wars is the only version of Anakin Skywalker you need to concern yourself with. Period. Yeah, and I mean, fuck. After all, after the breadth of you know time that this series now covers. You almost don't need to watch episode two. You could just, like, watch episode one. You know what's fucking funny, dude? And I'm glad you kind of went this way. Guess what I voluntarily queued up this weekend to watch? AOTC? Really? Attack of the fucking (laughs) clones, bro. Get some. Wow, man. That's... Get some, and I actually enjoyed some of it. I mean, there's some, there's some okay moments in there. There's... Oh, any of the love shit is is vomit. Like even even little Charlie now, like she's at the age where uh, like lovey dovey stuff makes her feel uncomfortable. You know, just just even seeing girls kiss guys or, or guys kiss girls, right? Yep. Like she gets that little kid, like ooh, that's fucking gross. You know, I'm like, great, perfect, stay like that. Uh, but yeah, anytime like Anakin would get close, she'd be like, oh, what, what are they doing? I'm just like, yeah, this is poor acting. You might like it better if it was scripted better or acted better, but. I don't know, man. I don't know if it's if it was episode nine or just dealing with the Clone Wars for the past, uh, what, 10 weeks at this point. I just wanted to go back to see where it all started. Yeah, just coming back. I really did. I wanted to go back. I wanted to see the, the stupid lines from Yoda and the, uh, you know, the big Geonosian battle arena circle jerk with the lightsaber <laughs> slashing and whacking. Oh man, dude! Uh, I haven't watched episode two in a in a in a bit in a bit. I do mean, it! I, I dare you. Do it. it. It's it's good for you. It, it, you know, it, it's kind of fun to see some of just the cheese still. Yeah. Uh, but it's also cool knowing all what we do now, especially with more insights being kind of showed to us by the Clone Wars. I don't know. It makes it feel a little more like it belongs, which is odd to say considering. AOTC is why the Clone Wars series Exists. came to be, yeah. <laughs> but it's almost like the Clone Wars is justifying the existence of AOTC now. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I was getting to, is exactly <laughs> that. It's like, technically, the only thing that you're missing, and if you if you don't watch the you know Attack of the Clones movie, the only thing that you're really missing is like the lead up to the reveal of the grand army of the Republic. So all this. Yeah. Yeah. Their first battle is the only thing you're missing because in, in the cartoon, you actually get a better look at how clones are raised and trained on Camino than you do in the movie. Yeah, exactly. So. In, in Camino, <laughs> the only thing you get on Camino is like, you get to see like them in the pods and walking around a little bit. And right. the Camino is just for the, the battle between Django Fett and Obi-Wan. <laughs> like that's the only, yeah. You, you see a bunch of, uh, CG Daniel Logans and then a bunch of CG the middle younger looking Tamara Morrison. Yep. And that's it. And then a bunch of really C at this point, man, they really look CG walking soldiers, you know, like getting on the transport ships. Uh, but hey, it's, tw- it's 2002 tech, so you can't get too down on it. But 
I don't know, man. I, I, I kind of enjoyed it, even though Charlie was like, I want to watch the one where he becomes Vader. I'm like, no. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> that that one's still bad. I, I need to get through the full Clone Wars to see how it kind of tees some of that up to see if it uh, makes me like Rots anymore. But, uh, I, yeah, you might argue it's it's constructed better than clones. I still feel, I know, this, this is like Nick's getting ready to beat his head into the wall. He's like, dude, I've heard this a thousand <laughs> fucking times. But I, I just can never forgive Rots for how it portrayed Anakin's turn. It's, just, it's not justified, so I'll leave it at that. But, yeah, man, uh, Clone Wars uh, S79 made me bust out AOTC. I thought, I thought it was yes. funny that you, you were bringing that up just kind of naturally. Yeah. So, uh, so another top moment, dude, I, I really liked R2's reaction to Ahsoka coming out. That kind of mirrored their first meeting from the Clone Wars movie. Uh, yep. obviously the Rex and clones honoring Ahsoka was another touching moment. Yeah. I mean, just everything that happened, like to me, the, the best moments were definitely between Anakin and Ahsoka. And then, like you said, even, even throughout the start of the siege of Mandalore, like all of the, the moments where they were so quick, like she just helps a clone out somehow, like, you know, the, the more prominent one, was the the clone pilot that was driving the troop transport couldn't? Oh right, yeah, out. yeah. So let, let's before you get into that, dude. How fucking impressive! First off, the midair Mando fighting that was great. Yeah. But when she jumps out and, and makes her way down to the surface, was that not Anakin Skywalker s to a oh, T? Oh yeah. I mean, how fucking rad did that look when she's just jumping from ship to ship, using the force, doing the double leg kick, and as you said saving homeboy right at the last second as she surfed down on a uh, a gunship. Yeah, I mean, that shit was... It was just so cool, but it also shows, like, how much... Like Anakin mentioned, how much respect the clones... It doesn't matter that she's not a part of the Jedi Order. It doesn't matter that she doesn't have that title anymore. Like, they respect her as a commander because of what she's done in battle and, and what she's done to help these people. So, I mean, it was awesome to see that respect shown back and... And just her be able to get back on the battlefield again with the 501st and all these clones that she's worked with for basically, you know, the last five years or however long, yeah, you know. The it was great. I, I think they're the, the 332nd now because Anakin Split took his bad boys. Yeah, yeah he's, he's going to save them to go murder little kids here in a, yeah. <laughs> in a few more days. So uh, he gave them the, the, the normal clones, yeah. or at least Rex. That's all she needs, so. <laughs> Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Ahsoka is just fucking bad. I, I, I truly, truly hold her in a very high regard. Yeah. And that, that action scene just reinforces that she's one of the baddest motherfuckers in Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, I mean, and that's, that should be made clear, not just animated Star Wars. Like, Anik, I mean, Ahsoka Tano is one of the best Star Wars period characters. I mean, this includes the movies, this includes comic books, novels, everything. Like, her arc that we're going to see come to a, you know, a Clone Wars close here um, and then continues in Rebels and then may continue. This is something we'll get to later. may continue on even into the Mandalorian. It's one of the best character arcs for yeah. any Star Wars character. So if you haven't watched these these animated series yet, do yourself a favor and, and do it now because Ahsoka Tano is one of the best Star Wars characters. I, I mean, I mean, think about her. She was trained by the Chosen One, tutored by masters like Obi-Wan, Plo Koon. Yoda, I mean, shit. Yeah, I mean, she is just 
I, I love her. I love the kid. I, I mean, I, I the the fact that Anakin is the her direct trainer, though. I mean, that that that's why I think she is a more unique Jedi than just a you know by the book, yes sir, Obi Wan Kenobi yeah. type. I mean, she is definitely Skywalker trained, and you can tell, and it showed in that action scene. And then, uh, really, the the other top moment, I, I liked Bo in action too, like her takedown of Almec in the throne yeah. room. Uh, that too was pretty fucking badass. So I mean that that showcases why she's the leader of Mandalore, but also why Mandalorians are such feared and skilled warriors. Yeah. And then I mean the really the final moment for me was a top moment because, you know, you you always think of of Maul as like this ruthless kind of mindless <laughs> killing machine, but like oh no, not yeah, now. He set up like he wanted this to happen. Like he wanted oh, a yeah. Jedi incursion, the rebels or, or the Galactic Republic to to come into Mandalore. But he was hoping for Obi Wan. Like he was like, I set all this shit up for Obi Wan. Oh yeah, why are you here? Like still has a huge hard on for the guy that killed yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Or sort of and also him. that line that Obi-Wan said, too. He's like, look, I killed <laughs> yeah. Maul before, so let's try to capture him <laughs> yeah. this time. Yeah, capture him. Yeah. But honestly, that sets up what's going to happen in Episode Eleven. So, I mean, that, that was kind of on purpose. But that was funny. That was a good line. But, you know, you know, Kenobi, he had a little wit to him in his younger, younger days. He gets kind of stoic and serious uh, living as a hermit on Tatooine. But, you know, he could, he could get a little little laugh in there every once in a while oh yeah oh yeah so i mean overall this episode was fantastic. yeah it was fantastic nick and the crazy thing to think is that this is just the beginning uh, i mean we've been hearing stuff from people that involved with the show that oh you guys thought nine was great 10 is literally going to melt your face so uh before we get into that dude i'm going to have you kick off the new clip and stills for this week's episode which is going to be titled the phantom apprentice how do you like that? Like it. It's a play on the Phantom Menace. Ha, ha, there we ha, go. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, so yeah, go ahead and kick that stuff off. I got to take a leak real okay, quick. Okay, yeah. So a lot of the the stills and stuff that we're seeing here, um, we're we're seeing a lot of you know the stills between you know Rex and Ahsoka. We're seeing um, some of the mentions between. Actually, let me see. Yeah, this is this is. I have the wrong <laughs> I have the wrong stills pulled up. So let me pull it up. But um. Clip and new Phantom Apprentice. Here we go. Um, so stills we're seeing, obviously you have the showdown between Ahsoka and Maul. You see a lot of um, pictures of Bo-Katan and Rex and the 332nd, plus the Night Owls that were mentioned. So clearly you're seeing um, Ahsoka has somehow uh, taken on Maul and not only taken him on, but lived and then brought him into some sort of trap. So... Um, all right, yeah. I'm back. So the, the clip itself is, is pretty awesome as well. Um, if, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and since you, you did the stills, I'll go ahead and kind of introduce the clip. Yep. I'll play it here in the background. But uh, it, it kind of spoils the cliffhanger of episode nine, by the way. So. Yeah, I know. It really <laughs> does. Cause. Because, right. I mean, there, we leave nine with Annika looks like, or uh, Annika. Whoa. Mixing them together. Ahsoka. Ahsoka looks like she's fucked, yeah. right? I mean, she's she's cornered by Maldalorians and Maul himself. Uh, but then this clip picks up as if she does escape, but Maul kind of went on a rampage and was wasting clones because one of the clones that, that didn't get killed, he kind of, he's like, yo, dude, Maul was dicing through us, but when he came across Jesse, which is one of the older clones, 
uh, 501 clones, he looked inside his mind and saw something that made him take Jesse. So I am, I'm kind of putting it out there that, that Maul knows what's about to happen yeah. now. He saw within Jesse's mind either the chip or the programming that's going to kick off the Jedi Holocaust. Yeah, he can see Order 66 uh, in there. Right, and, and if you read, and this is so Maul, it's like, as Nick said, he's not just a brute. But if, if you read the, the caption of the clip, they said, Ahsoka leads Republic clones to confront Maul's forces on Mandalore. While Maul senses the impending chaos and makes a calculated play to ensure his own survival in Old Friends Not Forgotten. So, Nick, what do you think that means? Do you think he is going to make a deal to be captured because he knows... 66 about to be kicked off and that's going to allow him to escape anyways i think that's probably what it is because he knows that there's going to be an insurrection from the, like once the clones turn like he's essentially there he's not a prisoner anymore he can just go about what he whatever he wants to do oh yeah so, like um i mean even the clips like you know the the stills i mean the stills show some of the battle between ahsoka and- we it looks like in 10 we are going to get their duel yeah hundred percent and we're going to talk about uh descriptions for episode 11 but it pretty much says he's already captured so spoiler alert (laughs) fucking maul is going to get captured in 10 but it's probably by his own doing like he allows himself to be captured right i don't think ahsoka is just going to manhandle him in battle not that she's a wuss or that she couldn't but this is darth maul and he's still kind of in his prime and he did kind of go toe-to-toe with Sidious for a little bit before Sidious got tired and was like, you know what, fuck Yeah, exactly. So, Oh, speaking of that, dude, we had a fan left a comment on YouTube. This is a perfect time to, to mention this. Okay. So, as I just said, Maul and Sidious fight in the Clone Wars because Sidious realizes, he's like, oh, shit, this Maul asshole and his brother Savage, they're actually starting to get some cred and some power in the galaxy, so I need to go shut, shut this shit down. So he shows up and kicks the shit out of Savage and kills yep. him. But he leaves Maul alive. Yeah. So now this, this commenter, John Doyle on YouTube, said, So is that why Palpatine kept Maul alive in hopes Obi-Wan would go and confront him, making it easier for Anakin to turn to the dark side on failing and instead Ahsoka going? Hmm, yeah, I think that, that's, a, that's a good point because, as I've said or we said earlier, it was always Sidious's designed to separate obi-wan and anakin yeah i mean he does it essentially by making anakin a master and causing some uh disarray amongst the masters and this that and the other thing yeah yeah so that is an interesting take on it but i guess like he wouldn't have seen you know maybe he didn't see that in this moment that both anakin and obi-wan would go it is weird though because like yeah, why why does Pap leave someone Maul like Maul alive? alive yeah. Period. Like it, so I I do think there's some merit to what the commenter said. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. It is interesting because it it is. It was a very distinct possibility and and I mean even Maul called it out like, you know, when he sees Ahsoka, he's like I did not expect you to be here. Right. But I guess at the time either it was unfortunate timing on Grievous's part or unfortunate timing on Maul's part, because in any other instance, you would have to figure if the Chancellor was not being ki- like kidnapped, then y- that would have 
merited Maul, like, you know, Obi-Wan going to confront Maul, especially on Mandalore. A, well, a, well, think about what happened, though, even in Rots. Who, who is prodding Anakin to leave his buddy's busted corpse on oh, the yeah. ship? Oh, yeah, I mean, Sidious is doing it the whole time. Yeah, he, he's, he's always been trying to get these two separated. Just Anakin kept kind of, you know, uh, uh, fooling or, or, or foiling those plans until eventually he played the, hey, I'll make you a master, my master. That'll piss everyone off. And they'll decide to send Obi-Wan to Ooh, deal with this shit in, instead of yeah, you. Yep, yeah. yep. And, and leave you alone. I mean, he just wanted Anakin by himself on Coruscant. That's all he needed. He needed one date, right? He took him on one date, and it was over. <laughs> yep, that was it. Um, but yeah, that is an interesting call because, I mean, leaving Maul alive does does essentially give you another opportunity to potentially separate Anakin and Obi-Wan. So that was a, yeah, good call yeah. out. Yeah, I, I, hey, if anything, whenever we get interactions on the shit we put on YouTube, I feel like, hey, we're, we're doing something right because usually they either don't get watched or the interactions are, you're stupid, I hate Yeah. <laughs> so so I'll, I'll take that, where they actually watch something, process a thought, and, and leave a thoughtful comment. Yeah. So uh, that, that's what's coming up in The Phantom Apprentice. Like I said, I, I do believe Maul will ultimately be captured. It's probably going to be by design. And we'll, we'll see some shit go down in 11. But kind of moving into our next topic, this episode, The Phantom Apprentice, is the one that people like Sam Witwer, voice of Darth Maul, and this guy uh, Gianni Aliotti, who is a uh, lighting and FX supervisor on the show, uh, but just just today or yesterday or whatever, they, they both come out again essentially saying, like, hey, everyone, Get ready for episode 10. So it looks like Whitwer was actually streaming some game, Thief, it looks like. It looks like he also streams, so yeah. the guy's got a great life right now. But um, in talking about episode 10, this is what he says. It will probably blow some people's minds. He then went on to say that episode 11 will feature things fans have never seen before in the show or Star Wars in general. And then he described episode 12's events as being insane. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, and now now we got this Gianni guy kind of doubling up on episode ten as the greatest of all time. He says, "Well, it's Monday, five days until the best Clone Wars episode you've ever seen. Feel free to hold me to that." That's so. Cr- I mean, oh man, it's just it's hard to think about that because, like, what the fuck? Episode is- nine was episode nine was the best I've I ever know. seen at this it's point. Like- so, like, what, what are we what are we talking about here? Like, what? What in this episode, Nick, after what we've just speculated could happen? We're going to get the duel. Yep. Maul's going to get captured. So what is going to blow our mind? Are are we going to see Din? I mean, that's that's the thing is, like, there's so many possibilities of what could happen here because we know Order 66 isn't going down in 10. Like, that's going to happen a little bit later. That's definitely happening in 11, and we're going to talk about that. Are we, like, are... We can't. We're not going to see more Anakin and Obi Wan because, like you said in in Clone Wars download, like George. I mean, not George, but uh, Dave has said that they're essentially gone now. Like they're off, and they're in their Episode Three timeline. Yeah. So, like, what the fuck is going? to... I mean, could it be? I mean, could you see? Yeah. I mean, are you going to see Boba? Is Boba going to be here? Like, I don't know why he would come back. Yeah. Mind blowing. Okay. It's going to blow minds. And it's the, and this is a guy that's the works on the show saying it is the best ever come at me. I'm not wrong. I mean, that's what he said, right? No, what he could be saying. I kind of put words in his mouth, but he's pretty much saying, dude, it's on. It's going to, 
episode 10 is the best ever. Now, what he could mean, though, is that's the best that we've seen. So it could follow that 11 is the best, then 12 is the best. After, like, <laughs> so again. Yeah, they, they just keep improving upon each yeah, other. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I definitely get where they're coming. But it's just like, I'm trying to think, because, like, yeah, you're going to get the showdown. You're going to get the fight between Ahsoka and Maul. And then you're going to get the eventual capture of Maul. But right. like, but is that mind blowing? Yeah, like what the fuck else is gonna happen? Like, there's again, like you said, could we see like Din? Could we see, you know, like what we saw in, you know, in the Mandalorian, like that flashback where you see now what we know as the Night Owls coming down and saving all of these. Right? Families. Is is he with them? Yeah. Is he with them as a little kid? I mean, do do we get any of that? Do we see any dark saber action? Because right now, in all the stills. Uh, that we looked at, it, he's whipping his his yeah, double he's blade. He's not using so. the dark saber unless he busts, unless he has it on him, and then takes it out in the middle of the fight to to continue. Or I don't know, dude. Like, there's a lot of opportunities, a lot of <coughs> excuse me, weird stuff that's happening here. You know, with with characters that could come in, with other you know, with people that we haven't seen in a while coming in to you know to essentially spice this episode up even more. I mean. Boba Fett at this at this point is not the bounty hunter. Well, he's, he's, the, no, he's a little yeah, kid still. Like, and really, I mean, I, I, he's had some arcs in the Clone Wars. He's off with the bounty hunters kind of hanging out. I, I forget kind of where they leave him. I think Ara Singh eventually gets blasted or something. But then we learn that Beckett's the one that killed her. So who the fuck knows? Yeah. Uh, but I made some big words from people directly involved. Uh, I mean, Whitworth has been playing this tease for weeks now. I mean, we, we talked about it. Uh, a couple episodes back where he, where he's like, yo, the last four episodes are essentially a movie and it's some of the best Star Wars of all time, animated or not, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And now you got this other guy kind of glomming onto it. So uh, I'm jacked, dude. I'm also a little worried. Like I'm going to be spending all day Friday making videos <laughs> because this episode's going to have so much shit in it that I feel I need to do videos on. And I'm, I'm still pissed that I didn't just do a specific video on Anakin and Ahsoka's last goodbye because I know that's something people are going to search and I fucked it. Uh, but a few other notes from these two we don't need to talk about. It. It's some interesting stuff. Apparently Witwer was supposed to be Kanan yeah, I saw in that. Rebels. Yeah. Uh, but once Freddy laid down the track he's like, nah, Freddy's the guy. And then this Gianni guy, he I didn't cover this last week because I was like eh, who knows, maybe he's trolling or whatever, but after episode nine aired and everyone that was shitting on the Clone Wars finally was like, hey, we, we do like this. We're not just a bunch of angry troll ass wipes. But he says, glad to see so much love for our work in the Clone Wars again. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Poor guy. So much fucking hate in this community. It's sad. Keep loving them and we'll keep making more. Hmm. Interesting. What the fuck does that mean, dude? Like, is he talking more animated Star Wars projects? Or more Clone Wars? I, is this like social media grammar and there's a missing comma somewhere that's throwing off the meaning of the sentence? I, I take it as more animated Star Wars because really this is the end of animated Star Wars. Yeah, I, I mean, confirmed. right, right. So w what else could you do at this point outside of maybe, you know, I saw some fans uh, postulating on the fact that, you know, some of those season six lost arcs that are just kind of all over the place, maybe flesh them out a yeah, bit more, yeah. but... Uh, I'm I'm more for hey let's go ahead and get on Rebels part yeah, two yeah exactly continue you know we had a rumor about that long time ago probably a month and a half ago 
about a continuation of Star Wars Rebels. So if if right. if it's more animated Star Wars, I would want it to be more in that direction rather than like filling in gaps with season six. And you really can't you can't continue this storyline now. Like no, nah, you can't. You yeah, can't. like you would basically have to have an Ahsoka specific series that shows her development that 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 could pick up right after the end of this but essentially shows her directly post order 66 and then leads into you know you could do, almost do like a rebels prequel series that is specifically about ahsoka and her dealings yeah. in the underworld how she becomes fulcrum maybe she links up with cal yeah cal kestis could come into it for sure so, something like you that know, so hey that's a, how, do you think we'll get a a, a cal that would be pretty fucking awesome. In episode 11, maybe? That would be pretty fucking dope. But, man. If, if anyone would do it, it would be Dave. Dave would. Right? I mean, he. But, I mean, like, have you so. ever seen that, though? Like a, like a video game specific character that comes into either animated or live action? I don't. No, but up until The Mandalorian, we never saw animated things showing up in live action, and that's starting to happen, even with the Loath Cats and maybe Ahsoka, if all that shit going to be true. That's so, true. That's true. Uh, like I said, if anyone's going to break some of these uh, medium or media banners, it's going to be Filoni and his team. Yeah, I so. think it'd be cool to see Cal. Uh, but I, I think, if anything, in this tweet, he, he makes it clear that Lucasfilm Animation, they are able to telework. Yep. Uh, so any animated projects probably aren't going to be delayed. I don't know how that plays into like doing post on something like The Mandalorian, but it, it, it does sound like maybe Lucasfilm is hooking people up with the mega rigs and, and whatnot at home. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I guess, if anything, we don't know what the fuck he's talking about. More Clone Wars, more Rebels, or a whole new series, but it does sound like uh, the animators are still working, which is great, which means our uh, animated Star Wars will not be delayed. That's great. Good stuff. Uh, and that's good because guess who is apparently digging the final season of the Clone Wars? Nick? It's it could it be the creator himself because we haven't heard much from this man recently. Yeah, the, <laughs> the maker, maker who fucking hates Disney Star Wars as much as uh, most people. But again, this is all according to Whitwer, who has now become essentially the PR person for <laughs> for Clone Wars era Star Wars. Uh, but according to Sam, George has been calling Dave regularly and giving him nice little comments on the episodes. Uh, this, this show has such a special place in George's heart. I truly love to hear that George was reacting well to yeah. it. So, so who knows? I mean, that, that's, that's like a secondhand story. Uh, maybe he's just trying to get some Star Wars news headlines out there. Yeah, but uh, it doesn't surprise me. I, I, I believe it. I, I believe yeah, it. Yeah, because... First off, as we've been saying since I don't know how long, Dave Filoni is the heir to the George Lucas throne. Like, he is the next George. He is the true successor to Star Wars. And uh, maybe it's Dave saying, hey, guys, I don't want this. But anyone with a brain, two eyes, and some ears knows that Dave Filoni should be running Lucasfilm. Yeah, yeah, I mean— Plain and simple. I think that I think it might be what you mentioned. Though he doesn't want it because, like, when you're the head of a studio, yeah, you don't create. Yeah, you're you're not a creator. You don't you don't get to sit down at these round tables with the writers, the animator, and, and then dig in. Like you are more of a a managerial role, and and you're dealing with executives at Disney, and you're dealing with all this other different bullshit, distribution and production, all this crap, and and really. That's not Dave's 
you know, area. He wants to be with the creatives on the ground working and, and, and creating these stories. Right. I mean, I, I don't imagine George was doing much of the business shit when he owned. Lucasfilm. Oh, no, that was Kathy. That was Kathy for yeah. sure. I mean, he was, you know, George was doing whatever the fuck he wanted to do, busting in on writer's rooms and changing people's colors. And- yeah, blow. <laughs> I love those. I love those stories, especially with the video game where they'd literally have a game built and ready to ship. And he'd be like, nah, call this guy Dinklefuck, <laughs> uh, change his head so it looks like a penis. And I want this guy to be the hero now. And he'd just walk out with his little stamp and be like, that's good, that's good, you suck. So yeah, yeah, and they'd just have to... And they, they'd be like, oh, fuck, well, we just have to redo the whole yeah, game Yeah, it's like, now. all right, start from scratch, everybody. <laughs> that's Well, you can even see it there in the prequels, like a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. He'd just say anything. They'd be like, yeah, sure, George, sounds great. Great idea, <laughs> yes, yes. Like, he, he is the fucking man. There's no doubt he, about it. But. He needed... Lawrence Kasdan there to to really yeah. rein his ass in <laughs> like the f- but I, I do I do believe that he's probably checking these out and that he is feeling them because this was George's last product that made it to market I yeah. mean the the whole underworld shit never made it to market we we've learned recently that they put a lot of time and money into it uh, but we never really got to see anything outside of that test footage I mean this is something that he had worked on after he finished his last trilogy. He got it out there. They're working on six seasons. And then he's like, you know what? Fuck this shit. I'm out. Uh, give me four bill. Peace. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but now he's kind of getting to see it truly finish. Yeah. I think it's, it's nice for him because this is the logical way that it should have been told to. I, and I think that if George did have a hand in, the way that this was being written and told, I think it would be very similar, if not almost the same. Well, dude, I mean, r- remember, most of the season was fleshed out ready to rock. That's why I find it odd that a lot of people are like, this is fucking stupid, Disney fucking... I'm like, Disney dude, didn't have anything to do with this. Outside of, uh, apparently, uh, Ahsoka's time with the two sisters, one of them was a brother at one point in time. I mean... So, you know, they're people like, oh, see, that's Kathy making them both girls. Like, well, George probably and Dave probably still had the Bad Batch arc fleshed out, Ahsoka away from the Jedi still fleshed out. I mean, these are still probably a lot of his ideas. Yeah. So, uh, it's, it doesn't matter what happens now in Star Wars. It doesn't matter if, if George Luke, if they literally took a George Lucas script out of the box that George gave them. And then just made that shit directly from what it was. And just if, if they didn't say George did it, people would hate it and say it was Disney. And then when they finally revealed that it was George, people would be like, oh, it's bullshit. This is they paid. Yeah, Kathy made him yeah, do they, it. They, they would come up with some crap. But yeah, like this is like you've been no, saying. It, they, they get upset when when women are the focus. That's all I can think about. Because the last four episodes before this, it was set up. Yeah, nothing super exciting went on. But there was some good narrative uh, uh, building for the character of Ahsoka. Like, I don't think episode nine is as great as it is in their uh, kind of their reunion. I'm talking Ahsoka and Anakin and Obi without seeing Ahsoka kind of learn what life is like outside the Jedi yeah. Order first. If, if you don't have that arc with the Martez sisters, then like all you, then this is Ahsoka's timeline without those episodes yeah, it's it's stupid she, she just disappears yeah, and comes she back and, and then she's, she's back and then you have no idea how much time has passed and then all of a sudden you're supposed to have this emotional reunion with anakin and there's been no right. separate no actual separation yeah, it would it would have fell flat and i loved how she talked shit to kenobi yeah right? 
<laughs> she's like, you know what? I fucking learned what Jedi should be, not being a Jedi, you motherfucker. I mean, she- He's like, you guys just kowtow to Palpatine, this, that, and the other thing. Fuck you. And, and Anakin, like, his look was like, ho! So here we go. That's, that's my girl. That's who I trust. Yeah, he's like, yeah, get some. That's how I roll. Fucking talk shit to your masters. Yeah. Uh, so, whatever. But it is funny. Like, now that there's a bunch of pew-pews and wing-wings and lightsabers again, everyone's like, oh! <laughs> the Clone Wars is back. It's like, well, it's been back for eight fucking episodes. Yeah. And also, like, it, on the women <laughs> thing, like, the the primary players in this episode in the battle were all... were both women Bo-Katan and Ahsoka like two badass women took down all one took down Almec and then fucking Ahsoka took yeah out but if the clone the troopers weren't flying them Nick they would have never got there that's true right <laughs> <laughs> anyways let's just all be happy Clone Wars is fucking banging right now we're about to get a mind-blowing episode yep. In an episode that we're going to see shit that we've never seen before in Star Wars, and then one that is insane. So, kind of moving on to episodes 11 and 12. So, we got the descriptions uh, last week, Nick, and kind of spoilery, but that's that's how we roll, right? We, we we've, did not learn our lesson by reading the Rise of Skywalker script, and this <laughs> shit is, I mean, this is just out there. This is PR material, you know? You're going to see it. Uh, but the descriptions for episode 11 and 12 are eye-opening, to say the least. And, and they definitely provide some shape to the end of the series. Uh, so episode 10, again, this is going to be the mind-blower. More than likely, Maul's going to get captured. But what's going to be mind-blowing, we're just going to have to find out. But in 11, it's called Shattered. Mm-hmm. All right? And here's why. After capturing Maul on Mandalore, bingo, so that's done... <laughs> Ahsoka's journey to the Jedi Council is disrupted when Order 66 is declared, turning her world upside down. That is, yeah, I mean, that's, wow. So do you think she's on Coruscant en route to the Council or in space en route to the Council? I gotta imagine she's close to Coruscant because they wouldn't. Or like on Mandalore leaving and it kicks off. No, dude, I think. If she's if she's really gonna be thrown into kind of the teeth of this, she's got to be on. She's got to be on or near Coruscant because if she's yeah. on Mandalore, yeah, you have that three thirty second division that can turn on her, but it doesn't hold the same weight as her seeing the Jedi like the Jedi Temple in fucking right. flames, right? And Hell all yeah. of these people like these clones just yeah. turning like that is where yep. she's got to be. Yeah, so I, I'm thinking she's almost walking his dead ass there. Yeah. And, and shit goes fucking bonkers. Like, the, it, it's kind of like we got to see it a little bit when Obi-Wan and Yoda show up and rots and they're beating the shit out of all the 501. Yeah. I'd imagine they're going to start seeing scenes like that on the outskirts. You know, maybe there's some Jedi in the streets. They're getting whacked. They're, they're fucking around the temple. They're starting to get whacked. And she's gonna be like, "What the fuck?" And that's probably when Maul Maul makes m- makes his fucking yeah, move. Yeah, he gets out. And yeah, he gets the fuck out. And I mean, really, here we go. I can see it being like a decision for Ahsoka. Like she see like Maul gets away, but she's like too shocked to even go after him. Well, I I mean, you're I think you were the first one to bring this up, and I still I still think this could play out. Maybe when the shit hits the fan, she's like, hey, Maul, cuts his chains. Let's roll, it's brother. Like, yeah, it's, it, I mean, clearly I'm going to need some help getting I, out of I, here. I, yeah, I'll take, it, I'll take another Force user with a lightsaber because I love my man Rex, but we could use some fucking help. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, we could use some midichlorian uh, increase <laughs> here. 
I mean, it, that would be a pretty fucking awesome way for that to happen is like, you know, they fight their way out of the city center and, you know. Well, I think that that's coming in 12. So I, I think Order 66 is going to get called after the halfway point in 11. I think it'll be close to the yeah. end. Uh, it's not going to be like, a, I don't think it'll be a cliffhanger call, but it, it's going to be like the last five minutes. Uh, because the description for 12, another rough one, victory and death. We know what that means. Yeah, they won the Clone Wars, but essentially, yeah. at what expense here? We, we've killed the Republic. We've killed the Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the description, Ahsoka and Rex must use their wits and skills to survive the turbulent end of the Clone Wars. Which, I, I, I mean, we, we've had variations of this call, Nick, but we, we pretty much said that it is going to end with Ahsoka and Rex getting away together and I, I do think bad batch may be involved yeah yeah i think so i think i we do I, I really think at last minute they're gonna swoop in on that fucking ship because i have a feeling all their order 66 chips are, are fucked yeah, up they're not gonna get affected or or maybe even uh echo fill them in who knows I, I i have a feeling we haven't seen the last of the bad batch and i think they may sacrifice themselves for rex and Ahsoka. i could see that for sure i mean having that awesome group of characters introduced and then not really using them later in the series right. would be a little weird. So I think that's it. Yeah. I, I, uh, I think that's going to happen. And this is, this is the one that Whitworth is calling insane. Episode 11 is the one he's calling. You've never seen this shit happen before. That is like the, the, you never seen this happen before would literally be a, a Jedi and a Sith working together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I really think, you nailed that weeks ago. I mean, th this is like weeks and weeks ago. So if Nick's right, I want everyone lining up to give him a blow. Yeah, job. I would appreciate that. And also just, yeah. you know, share, let's clip that and then share that shit and say like, hey, look, these guys aren't fucking idiots. They called this weeks ago. Right. I, I, it still blows my mind. Like some of the people that are allowed on Star Wars leaks Reddit and some people that get cut. Like our shit gets cut all the time. Yet some guy named like, uh, Dick Wad <laughs> will put out a tweet like, hey, season two Rebels guaranteed. And they're like, oh, yeah, sweet. And then everyone's like, who the fuck's this guy? Who the fuck's this guy? Okay, I don't know. Who the fuck is this guy? Oh, he knows Bestman Bulletin or he knows MSW. Okay. Yeah, they get like, it. What the, what the fuck does that mean? And we literally like, yeah. we literally had a, le <laughs> a leaked like fucking job posting for one of these, you know, for one of the series. And we tried to share it there and they immediately deleted it. And they were like, this is yeah, fake. Like, you I guys was are like, fucking Dude, stupid. What? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't get it. It's all about who you know in the land of Star Wars internet and how you get to be famous or infamous. Yeah. And so far, we are neither. Yeah. We're just the Star Wars time show that a few assholes know about on Instagram. But we love those assholes. Indeed. Times 10. Times 3,000. Right? Oh, yeah. Uh, dude, so, man fucking great stuff uh last thing on clone wars before we kind of put this topic to bed because uh, we've been all over it like flies on shit but for good reason nine kicked ass and it sounds like the last three are just going to be even more intense than that but uh this is more of a psa uh but the series finale is going to air on star wars day so may the 4th so you're going to get uh would I say series eleven? Se yeah, episode eleven. Episode the the series finale, aka episode twelve, is going to air on Star Wars Day, May the fourth. So essentially, you're going to get episode eleven that Friday. Sit two days, and then here we go. Yep. That's awesome. That's a good. Call. That sucks for someone like me because now I've got a whole bunch of fucking work to look forward to. 
And I think it's going to be intense because, again, 11 and 12 are the ones being described as you've never seen this before in Star Wars and this shit's insane. So I have a feeling there's going to be more to talk about than just the old Easter eggs recap and reviews, but you never know. So we just wanted to get that out there. Uh, Don't forget, it's not going to be a a Friday end for the Clone Wars. They are giving it Star Wars Day, which I think is kind of a good Very appropriate. Uh, you know, at this point, I may just go ahead and make Star Wars Day a holiday for myself. I know, right? Just just permanently off that yeah. day. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. If it's going to be a Monday, you know, we'll see. Maybe a half day. All right. Uh, one other thing for Star Wars Day that we want to talk about. Uh, we got some good news last week after I did my, my live show. This is usually how it happens. We get good <laughs> news after we, we do the show. But uh, Disney announced via Jean, Jean Favreau that uh, they, they have a new series coming out on May the 4th for The Mandalorian, unfortunately not season two, but it's this new Disney Gallery series. Uh, I don't know if they're going to do this for other shows, but it's called Disney Gallery The Mandalorian, and it's going to be a making-of series for Disney+. Plus. Uh, this, too, will debut on May the 4th. Uh, here's the description. So in Disney Gallery The Mandalorian... Executive producer Jean Favreau invites the cast and crew to share an unprecedented look at the making of the series that quickly became a pop culture phenomenon after premiering last November. Each chapter explores a different facet of the first live-action Star Wars television show through interviews, never-before-seen footage, and roundtable conversations hosted by Favreau himself. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's probably going to be pretty fucking awesome for people like Nick oh, and I, yes. uh, people that, that think this shit's real, people that want insights into fantasy lands, but it makes them feel better, uh, and just those that are interested in the filmmaking process. I, I, I think th- this is almost, Nick, to you. Is it sounding like what Peter Jackson did for the Lord of the Rings Yeah, stuff? I mean, it's, it's a very in-depth behind-the-scenes and it's so in depth that it's ep- it's basically episodic. I mean, you have so yeah. Is it eight episodes? I think it's eight. So yes, eight six total. or eight. And the way that the the topics break down are like this because they said that each episode would you know explore a topic. So you have the filmmaking process, the legacy of George Lucas's Star Wars, how the cast brought the characters to life, the groundbreaking series technology, the artistry behind the shows, practical models, effects, and creatures. And then you have the creative influences, the score, and then the connection to Star Wars characters and props from across the galaxy. So it's like it's not just like a a one two hour documentary like we had with right. you know Rise of Skywalker. It is a very in depth look at every different part of the process, which I think is really fucking cool. Um, and it is very similar to what um, Peter Jackson did with um, with Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, keep an eye out for that on May the 4th. I- I'm sure I'll be watching them. I don't know if I'm going to be doing breakdowns, but you never know. I'm kind of a fucking weirdo when it comes to getting Star Wars content out onto YouTube. Got to keep that growing. Got to hit 400, then 1,000, then 10,000. Let's That's go. Right. Let's go. All right, so we, um, we sort of got away from Clone Wars, but we didn't. We dabbled back in The Mandalorian. Now we're kind of in this middle ground with this next story, right? We got one foot in Clone Wars and Rebels, one foot in Mando. What's really going to happen? But I'm talking about this, what, months-old rumor now that Rosario Dawson is going to play the live-action version of Ahsoka Tano in The Mandalorian. And 
the actress herself, Nick, finally kind of commented on this, and she didn't really uh, confirm or deny anything. She actually kind of poured some gas on it, in, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. The way that she uh, that she kind of <laughs> talked about this, it's, it's it was one of the most odd denials, but not denials I've yeah, ever seen. She says, so this was her quote. She was talking to Variety, um, and they asked her about this whole thing. And she said, that's not confirmed yet, but when that happens, I will be very happy. I'm very excited for that to be confirmed <laughs> like, at the- some point, and it would be a million and one percent because of the fans. So, <laughs> to me, this is basically her saying, oh, yeah, I'm cast, but they just haven't said it yet. Yeah, right. Okay, that's how I process it, too. You only need the first sentence. Yeah. That's not confirmed yet, but when that happens, I'll be very happy. So, like you said, she's kind of saying it like, hey, wink, wink, yeah. The the brass hasn't confirmed it, so I can't confirm it. But when they do, I'm going to be happy. Yeah, exactly. Like, she's basically had conversations with John and Dave, <laughs> and they're like, yeah. You- I mean, look at, the, look at the next line. I'm very excited for that to be confirmed at some point. <laughs> like, it, it, she's not even positing it like it's a rumor still it's very much at least to me in the way i interpret it, it's very much like it's a fucking done deal it just needs to be confirmed by lucasfilm before we can actually sit here and pretend that it yeah, is exactly like she sat down and she had dinner with dave and john and they're like you're gonna play ahsoka and she's like all right great can i tell people and they're like not yet just hold off on that we already got your costume we already got the makeup <laughs> ready to go but let's just it's crazy yeah, it's, right i mean I guess you could parse it any way you want, but it's very hard not to look at that and be like, yeah, she's, she's pretty much. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's how I read it too. Is like, she, she already knows she's doing it. She's just waiting for the okay to say I'm doing it. Like, so yeah. Which, which in the end, I mean, I think we're both on record saying this would be fucking kick ass. Like uh, we've never been like, Oh, this is stupid. We're, we always kind of take the approach like, Hey, before we get out there and puff out our chest saying this is 100% true, let, let's kind of wait for some of the actual confirmed facts to come in. This is definitely tipping the scales more towards, yeah, this is going to happen. But like she says, until Lucasfilm confirms it, it's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, exactly. So take it, take this little quote with, you know, whatever grains of salt that you want to. But it sounds, I mean, from the from the actress herself, like it sounds pretty yeah. sad and, and really dude the way i kind of go on in the post even if this is legit I, I still don't think they officially come out and confirm it i mean she this will be kind of like the baby yoda reveal yeah exactly like she will Where, show you, up you know screen. nothing about like yeah we, we we've kind of heard some shit but if they just still refuse to come out and confirm who's in season two and then an episode first episode in it's oh there's ahsoka people are gonna be like ah, la, 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 la. oh yeah dude it's Versus if they do come out and say, yeah, this is going to happen, then it kind of sucks some of that surprise factor yeah, out. Yeah, so. I mean, and then the question really becomes, with Ahsoka, do we get Sabine? Do we get these other characters? I, I, I mean, you have to. I, I really, the way Rebels ends, uh, and the fact that Sabine's a fucking named Mandalorian, a, a once owner of the Darksaber, I mean, <laughs> worked with Jedi. Yeah. I think that she seems like a natural inclusion for the show, uh, just like Ahsoka does. I I really don't. I mean, like, obviously you can have one without the other, but I think it would be weird to have Ahsoka and not have Sabine. 
Yeah. I, I mean, look at the epilogue of, of Rebels. They literally leave together on a yeah. mission shortly after the fall of the Empire. So, and, and, and like, just even going further, I mean, like, yeah, it, it just makes sense. It just makes sense. I mean, there was a story that we wrote a couple weeks ago, and I think Matt talked about it in the last cast, where, like, essentially you have, you know, this this new character within the galaxy's edge kind of story popped up called Cronus. Oh yeah, Cronus. Yeah. Cronus. And and that is ba- that is Sabine. So we know that Sabine's alive all the way to the, you know, the in between TLJ and Tross timeline. Still looking for signs as Well, hey, we we I don't know if I don't know if you heard, but we actually and I think a fan commented too. Batu and shit like that, Doc Ondor would have been around during the fall of the empire oh yeah well. it, it is so so that that may not imply that sabine that little conversation is happening during tlj timeline it could be happening right after the fall or mandalorian well, i timeline. think the way that they have it set up is all of the inner like the timeline that because yes batu and all that's around during the time of the fall of the empire and everything like that like thrawn has stories that take place on batu and stuff too but the way that the park is set up is that the park and this is what they talked about when they were building it, that they can shift timelines in the park whenever they want to. And the currently established timeline in the park is that TLJ timeline. So you're not mixing, like you don't have things that are happening there that are like, oh, this is happening during the, the, the fall of the empire. And this is happening during the, you know, the, the grand Republic. And this is happening during the resistance timeline. Like everything that happens in the park and the interactions all happen within the timeline that is established at that point. So it's it should all be like TLJ-ish timeline. From what I understood and what they explained when they were opening it. I could be wrong. They could have changed it and, and shit's different now. But that's how I understood it. But who knows? That guy could be right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you never know. But I, I do think Batu and shit like that had, had been around forever. Oh, yeah. It's not like just something that, that popped up during the uh, age of resistance. Oh, yeah. like the, the second Thrawn book takes place on Batu, and it takes place in two separate timelines. It takes place during the Clone Wars, and then it also takes place during the time of the Empire. So yeah, Batu has long been a post, Black Spire Outpost in particular, has long been a like a, a haven for activity in the galaxy. So yeah, no doubt there. All right. Well, speaking of, of galaxy people, and that's the first time I used the speaking of transition. <laughs> I've really, really tried here, Nick. I, I try to get better each and every cast at broadcasting, but the assholes know, we know that's just never going to happen at the Star Wars time Sometimes. show. We are amateurs and we love yeah. being amateurs. Sometimes you so. lean on those good old fashioned transitions like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, this one, uh, I'm sure he'll, he'll like to hear this, but this one came via our buddy Greg Bird a.k.a. Star Wars Black Series 2019, celebrating his first year toy photography on Instagram this week with a Rampo shot. And no, Greg, I did not feature it. Sorry. (laughs) 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 You're not going to get a feature just for sentimental reasons. Plus, you had that lovely bungee jump shot last week that I said many glowing things about. So you should be good at least for another day. But, uh, yeah, he kind of tipped us off to this, and I do appreciate that. Sometimes I give Greg shit and some other people. Scion, uh, fuck, I always fuck up his name. It's Scion, Scion, TXC, XTC, RTC, ABC. 
you don't know, but sometimes they'll send us tips in the DMs, and sometimes it'll be like, hey, guys, if you just read the fucking site, I put that out like eight hours ago, but thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but, but this one, I, I now have Greg trained to where he's like, dude, I looked everywhere. I know you didn't have this. I'm putting it up, and he was right. So uh, the story we're talking about here, this is supposedly confirmed through Variety, but Stellan Skarsgård and Kyle Soler have joined the cast of the Cassian... Would, would I call it here? Cassian Andro, Andro. series, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was like fucking... Uh, what was his name? Mark McGuire, like GNC, gets some yeah. Andro steam. <laughs> Cassian Andro. This is a series when he gets all jacked up and hits a bunch of fucking home runs against Sammy Sosa. Oh, yeah. uh, the evil batter from the Empire. <laughs> but... Yeah, so Stellan Skarsgård, which is a huge get, and this Kyle Soler, who I guess is a little bit lesser known, mostly doing BBC stuff. Uh, but it seems, Nick, they're joining Cassie and Andro, which, uh, I mean, who knows if it's ever going to fucking air. Sometimes it's 2021, sometimes they're shooting it right now, sometimes it's closed because of COVID. Uh, but, you know, like I say in the article, I mean, if, if this is real, Stellan is, is, a, is massive, a real big get. Yeah, I mean, Stellan yeah. Skarsgård, you've definitely seen him around. Like if, you know... I think Chernobyl, uh, is, is he the Skarsgård in the MCU? Yes, he's the doctor in the MCU. Yeah. Um, and he's also, he's bootstrap Bill Turner, if you ever watched uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. So, um He's he's well. I mean, the whole family of Skarsgårds, like they're they're like Thespians. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what they do in life. I mean, for for generations, I believe. Yeah, so. Alexander is the one that was in the True Blood series, and he was also in that HBO series Generation Kill. Isn't the young one fucking Pennywise? Yeah, Bill. Bill Skarsgård is Pennywise yeah. from the new It, you know, <laughs> the new It series. So I mean, like I said, I mean, this is like uh, acting royalty here, and he it, to me. He could also, in my opinion, play either faction perfectly. Like, he could be a perfect imperial officer yep. type or a perfect rebellion leader oh, type. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, Stellan Skarsgård has played both sides of the coin. Like, he's played good and he's played bad in his past. So, he can he can do either. I mean, I... I I tend to look at him and probably lean a little bit more imperial. But, who yeah. knows? I mean, like... He, he could be either one of them, but this guy, I mean, it is. It's a huge get for this show. I mean, there's already, like, good names associated with the show, just with Diego Luna and, you know, some of the other confirmed cast. Alan. Yeah. I mean, but and then to add Stellan in here is big. I mean, it's, it's a big get. Yeah, the other dude's kind of like, eh, hey, whatever, yeah. but... That's sometimes perfect for Star Wars, though, right? We like our eh, whatever character actors, and then they potentially become someone you follow for 50 yeah, years. Yeah, I mean... Da and, and go to conventions and pay way too much money to get yeah, signatures I mean, for Daisy it. Ridley was a nobody before this. I mean, John Boyega wasn't anybody before yeah, these yeah. movies. So, yeah, dude, it's it's perfect. I mean, Mark Hamill, for the most yeah. part, hadn't done shit. I mean, I mean, fucking... I mean, Carrie, obviously, she's Hollywood royalty, so, I mean, she was in the scene anyways, and Harrison had done some movies with, with George. George. He, did, um, he did American Graffiti. I mean, George yeah, literally but he, pulled him out of a fucking carpenter shop to be an actor. Right. And after that movie, he went back to carpentry, and they're like, hey, man, you want to try this fucking Star Wars thing yeah, out? He's like, he's like, hey, sure. I guess so. I guess I don't have to fucking cut my fingers off anymore. <laughs> like... 
So you know what? I, I think we I've just you've and and myself through this conversation, I think I've convinced myself that Stellan would be the Imperial type or the bad guy type and Kyle probably will be a hero type. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Or they could both be bad. Maybe they team up together. They they cast them as a pair. Who knows? Yeah, it'll be interesting. But it is, yeah, it is. Big gets for this series. I'm excited because, again, like, live-action Star Wars has proven to be fucking awesome in terms of TVs. So I... I yeah, I'm, we, we, we just got to see if Disney can get its shit together and actually get these filmed, written, and not delayed yeah. every two fucking weeks. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, that's that's yet to be seen. So... Um, I mean, continuing on, you know, the casting and or line, we have some news about Rogue One through, you know, different, um, you know, different little pieces. I'm kind of bummed that that I missed this. I I don't think I would have joined in uh, because really I'll kind of set this up. But essentially, I think it was last Friday, uh, IGN, I don't know if they're doing this every Friday or whatever, but they they host a watch party with a movie and they try to get some people that worked on the film to come on and watch with the fans and, you know, kind of live stream interact. <coughs> Sorry, I had to clear some COVID. But uh, Gary Witta and Chris Weitz, who were the writers of Rogue One, they did it last week. So uh, IGN aired Rogue One and these two just kind of talked about some shit. And we actually got some pretty interesting facts about the movie's production and the movie itself from the two. Uh, that I thought would be interesting to go through. Yep. Uh, is this something you would do, Nick? Like, if you had internet last week and you knew this was going on, would you have thrown this up on your TV and kind of watched Rogue One with commentary? I've done it with other movies before, so yeah, definitely. Especially Gary Whitta. I mean, I mean, the two writers of the film. Fuck yeah, I want to see what these guys have to say. Yeah, that about I. It. I yeah, because like if it's a producer, or someone, it's like hey, whatever. But when it's people that actually shaped the narrative, yeah. Like told the story, built the lore. Fuck yeah, dude. I mean, I'm I'm all over that shit. So uh, I'm just too lazy to sit there and, and watch it. Uh, Maybe on a Blu-ray where it's pre-recorded, but these kind of live scheduled. It's like things, I have to disrupt my day at a certain point. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I've got so much shit to do during lockdown. Like fucking waste my life on OBS and still have it blow up when Nick and I try to record a fucking podcast. <laughs> but. You never know. So I, I don't. I didn't capture all the highlights. I did get a lot of the, the big ones, the ones that I thought were interesting. So uh, I have to take another massive piss, dude. Uh, this is what <laughs> happens when we time the podcast recording right after I'm done working out, which means I just drank a gallon of water. Uh, so my body's still processing all that. But uh, the first one, I totally see it now that they've said it. But Tarantino's influence on the opening. I'll leave with that, and I'll be right yeah, back. Yeah, so... One of the big things was Inglorious Bastards was a movie that that Gareth really took inspiration from, and Inglorious Bastards, as if if you've seen it before, you know, is Tarantino's kind of like Nazi flick. So this was Witta's uh, quote around how the opening of Rogue One was was basically you know took after the opening of Inglorious Bastards says, Gareth and I talked a lot about how much we love the opening of Inglorious Bastards, if you remember that with the French farmhouse. Uh, this scene was very much inspired by that. Krennic is basically the Christoph Waltz Nazi character uh, coming to interrogate the poor innocents who have ha- uh, hidden this girl. So, you know, that, that big scene in the beginning of Rogue One where you see the Imperial Lander come down, coming over the surface and then that big wide shot of Krennic and the death troopers walking up the beach and towards 
the oh, you yeah. know, the homestead, the the Urso homestead. Um, I haven't watched Inglorious Bastards in a while, a long while, so I can't specifically remember that fr- uh, the farmhouse scene that they're talking about. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I for some reason my mind's pretty fucked up, but when it comes to useless stuff, it's it's like a steel trap. <laughs> but essentially. And it, it does. It, it is a mirror. Okay. Uh, Christoph Waltz, Nazi character, is essentially there interrogating this farmer. But doing it in a way, like, he knows the farmer's hiding Jews. Yeah. But he's doing it like he doesn't. And it's the same way Krennic's talking to Homeboy. Yeah. I forget what's his fucking name. Oh, uh, Galen. Galen. Yeah, where there's like, hey, you know, where's your wife and kid, blah, blah, blah. And he's all like, oh, yeah, no, don't worry about it. They're gone. Nothing's going on. And then yeah, what happened? You know, the wife shows up, Risen gets fucking from shot. The dead. This, that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it 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 does mirror it. Uh, you know, obviously it's not as violent, but it's definitely you you can one hundred percent see Krennic was framed after uh, Wal- uh, Waltz's Nazi, and just the way that the scene plays out, where Krennic knows the answer, but he's playing Galen like he doesn't. It's it's very very similar, and obviously the little girl running away. Same thing happens in Inglorious Bastards. Okay. So uh, that that was that was pretty interesting. Awesome stuff. Uh, right, we we got other titles. Dark times. I, nope, that's not good. That's a. It's good that they did not go with that one. I don't like uh, rebellion. I don't like rebellion. Shadow of the Death Star is the best of the three. And it still yeah, sucks. And it's still, I mean, Rogue One is literally the perfect title for this. It's fucking perfect. It is perfecto. So yeah. I, I thought it was funny, though. Uh, they did mention at one point it did have an opening crawl, but they, they, they scrapped that shit. So yeah. that was cool. He also mentioned that, that along with that, they decided to move away from a lot of the typical like visual tropes you would see, like... The wipes and, you know, the... Oh, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's very unique-looking Star Wars, if yeah. anything. Uh, Jin, at first, was going to be the person that actually discovers the existence of the Death Star, and then she kind of comes to the Rebels that way. She was also already in the Rebellion, helping them yeah. out. Um, and another... But then... <laughs> there was a ton of different things for her. Yeah, she was going to be kind of like Rey, yeah. or she's like a, a deserter slash scavenger, but then they kind of changed that when they knew what was going on in TFA. Uh, this one would have been neat, but this is another one kind of like Nick said, where eventually they just came to the realization, like, you know what? We are not beholden to the Star Wars movies before us. We don't have to have Jedi, the Force, so on and so forth. But at one point, Jin's mom was a Jedi, and the kyber crystal that we do see is the last remnant of that version of the character. Yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think that I would have been upset if they made Lyra a Jedi, just because... Like, I can see that, and that would that would even make the dynamic of Galen working for the Empire or being essentially pressed into service to the Empire that much more nuanced than, like, God, this is fucked right. up. Because he knows his wife is a Jedi, but then it also brings in, like, so that aspect of it would be really cool. But then it would have also brought in, like, this weird... In the back of your mind, you're, if you know Lyra's a Jedi, then you're like, does Jin have, is she Force-sensitive? Did she, did she inherit any of those traits? Well, it, it, there's that, and then there's the opening sequence again. If she's a Jedi, she just goes, oh, she goes, yeah, exactly. right? And, and fucking Krennic disintegrates, yeah. and story's over. So, <laughs> um, it, it just like Jedi getting married, like, is this just become commonplace these days? Yeah. So, 
I, I do think they made the right call in the end. And like you said, then you'd have all that shit hanging over Jin. Mm-hmm. You know, Jin's Ray's mom now. She has the force. I, I get yeah. it. So yeah. uh, I, I'm kind of glad they, they, they got away from that. This one I thought would have been interesting, but Cassian was first portrayed as a double agent because he wanted to get revenge on Saul Guerrero. I, dude, I could definitely buy that because you play... At this point, you play Saw as like this splinter cell within the rebellion that's doing all this shit that is causing a lot of, you know, collateral damage and and civilian casualties like that could have 100 percent worked. Um, But then, like, you know, he was working for Krennic, so he's in the rebels as a mole. mm -hmm. But, you know, he gets closer to Jin and then he realizes that the Empire's building the Death Star. And that's when he has like, I I didn't fucking sign up for this shit. Yeah, I mean, it's then then he fully joins the rebellion or something. It's something that you've seen a lot before and other stories being told and like, you know, people realizing the error of their ways after seeing the destruction at the hand of their current employer or something like that. But it would have been interesting, but I don't think it was necessary. I think the way that they played Cassian was way cooler, and it also does. I mean, either way, you could have set up a Cassian Andor series, whether he be a double agent. You could show his time in the Empire, or as it is now, you show his time in the Rebellion prior to the events of Rogue One. So it would have worked either way, but I like this better because... Oh, yeah. I, I, the way they do him, they still portray him in a way where you know this guy is fucking ruthless yeah. and will do whatever it takes for the he cause. A, I mean, he lies to Jin, he kills his fucking informant. Yeah, like he's a broken soul of war, and I think that that's a little bit more powerful than a double agent for the Empire. Like, I think that that plays a lot better, especially the way that Rogue One plays out in the, the tone of this film. I think it fits better. Um Right. Uh, Borgali was going to be an actual memory trader, as in, like, he, he's like a crackhead that people have to give their memories to to get information. Yeah, that would have been interesting. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It, it plays on, if anyone has watched The Outsider on HBO, it reminded me of the entity in that. Okay, I haven't seen it. So. Uh, that, that entity, I'm like, this is not a spoiler or anything, but it. it it thrives on people's grief okay like it thrives on people feeling sad Uh, and this is kind of how i read this where like the the borgali loves like tragic memories so jen was going to trade the memory of her childhood to get some intel interesting yeah yeah i mean that would have been a a really weird way to play it and i would like to see how that interaction would have played out in a little bit more detail because i imagine they would have had to go into some sort of like internal like in her head spit like yeah it'd been like some trippy ass like drug sequence yeah so next one was that um they were going to use dan it's not he i mean it's like who cares but they didn't they didn't put a title card up for mustafar to keep vader's reveal surprise and really the only thing i liked about this the reason i put this in is the way uh, Gary describes Vader. And I really like the idea that Vader is so physically ruined and so destroyed and so damaged that every now and again, he has to completely take off all the armor and takes, take what's left of his body and put it in this back to tank to kind of heal and regenerate. And I love the idea of seeing him almost like a fetus in a jar. (laughs) (laughs) I love that because it reminds us just how little is left of him physically. And he's what's also cool is um, 
as I was reading the, you know, one of my things that I've been doing in quarantine, uh, with no internet was reading, finally finishing some of these Thrawn books that I had. So I finished the second one. What was really cool about that is you find out that Vader had a full second set of armor. So like the armor that he wears all the time, isn't the same suit. So he has a full second set. Ah. And what he did was he used it as a, as a decoy. So he was going into a battle. He had a second set of armor and he, Oh, he could actually like bring it to life with yeah, the force. Yeah, so like, like it's he a robot threw it almost. out there, and he even had it to where it was holding his lightsaber, and he was just using the force to puppet it. So everything <laughs> attacks this armor. I love and that. And then guy. he fucking jumps out when everybody's <laughs> expended all their shit, and his other set of armor takes his lightsaber back yeah. and fucking kills everybody. <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, everyone knows if you have to live in an iron lung, you should at least yeah, have at two. least have two of them. One of them that we skipped was Dantooine was going to be the rebel base, and not Yavin Four. So the reason Wade said that they cut that was because um, it would have cost too much money. And it was essentially just basically for the hardcore fans that were like, oh, look, Dantooine. They mentioned that in, in A New Hope. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a little too expensive. Yeah, he, he said it's like it wasn't moving shit forward. Yeah. So it, it got scrapped. Uh, Scarif, the name <laughs> Scarif came from Starbucks. Yeah, they, messing up Gareth Edwards' name. I thought that was kind of That was neat. good, yeah. And the shuttle... Uh, the uh, SW0608 is uh, White's, uh, Chris White's kid's uh, birthday. Yeah. They're going to have Sand People, a.k.a. Tusken Raiders in the Rebellion, but Pablo Hidalgo shut that down, saying they'd never leave Tatooine. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the Vader Beach scene, uh, which you've talked about a lot, the potential. Yeah, yeah that, that I honestly, I mean, I'm glad we got what we got, but I think this would have been oh. 10 times more epic. Like, literally, a, a Vader Normandy style beach storm. Oh, yeah, dude. Just to see him, like. Where, 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 like, he takes out a battalion and not just fucking a couple yeah. guys. And that so. would also give you the opportunity to see him, like, literally pulling down fucking X Wings yeah. from the sky. Oh, like, yeah. Right. Yeah, and crash them together like they're fucking toys. I mean, yeah. Oh God! I mean, just thinking about the the, the Mustafar Vader scene, and then the, any scene we get of Vader just goes back, Nick, to that. Why the fuck do we not even have a thirty-minute-long live-action Vader short? Like, I, I could, I would pay good money to go watch Vader in his back to tank for two hours straight. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It would be fucking incredible to see something like that. Yeah, I mean, just please, like, why, why can't we get Vader live-action? Uh, anyways. That's a rant I've gone on many times before. I will spare everyone today. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it was, it's some interesting stuff. I mean, hopefully they, they keep this up. Obviously, if they do it for other movies, we will not cover it because fuck them. <laughs> if it's not Star Wars, it doesn't get on Star Wars Time Show. Uh, but it's pretty neat. This is something that I almost would have wanted to join in with my fellow man and woe-mans to watch. But fuck that. Who's got the time for that? <laughs> Yeah, you're right about that. All right, dude. So uh, we got one more little deal before we get into everyone's segment that they've been patiently waiting for, or those that just tune in for it. But we, we still got some more Star Wars news to comment on because this is the Star Wars time show, and there's always time for Star Wars time. Uh, but we, we kind of got to tell a little story about our buddy Babu Frick. Hey, hey, right? So <laughs> apparently Babu was supposed to be whacked. Yeah. Just in the movie. He, he was going to die when Kajimi got toasted. But one guy saved right. him. One man. 
to rule them and all. And this man is JJ's second father. Yeah. Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg. I mean, to know that that dude, like, to know that one, I mean, obviously Steven Spielberg has been linked to Star Wars for a long time, not directly, never directed it, never directly worked on it, but, you know, him and George have had a long-lasting friendship, and he was... Oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're fucking best friends for as close as friends can yeah. get in Hollywood. So the fact that, that Steven was still, you know, I actually believe in the, in the behind-the-scenes or the, the documentary of the making of Rise of Skywalker. You saw him a couple of times. Um, but the fact that he went in and he was like, hey, JJ, that little guy that was on Kajimi, this little funny dude, what did you do with him? And JJ right. had all but essentially forgotten about the character from what it seems. And he was like, oh, well, he pretty, probably dies on Kajimi. And, and, and Steven was like, no, he, he lives. This little guy comes back. So the fact that yeah, so uh, this is Neil Scanlon that was kind of telling the story to Empire, and he was what the VFX guy, or he's pretty big on the project, yeah. uh, production design, whatever. But he's the one that says like this could be a rumor, but I believe JJ screened it for Spielberg, and at the end, all Spielberg asked was, "What happened to Babu?" <laughs> and everyone thought, "Oh God, what did happen to Babu?" So. Uh, apparently no one really thought about it and then they they, they kind of jibbed and jabbed and and shot that way and the other way and uh, Ivan another one that works kind of in uh, he's a concept artist Ivan Manzella he says I think he was going to die originally uh, the, the AD shot that when the planet Kajimi was blown up he was on it uh, but then they you know obviously the if the, if you believe in it Steve made his question and then things kind of changed from there and, you know, luckily they shot several other sequences, and then the IML guys kind of did their magic and put Babu right onto Zori's ship to keep him alive. There we go. I mean, that was a good a good save by uh, by Spielberg there, honestly. I mean... Well, we, we also heard rumor-wise that at one point in time, Lucasfilm execs thought Babu would be a Jar Jar Yeah, Binks, they said right? that, that he was going to be this, like, he's going to ruin the movie, he was too kiddy, nobody's going to like him. But yeah, they were clearly wrong. So not only did, you know, Babu Frick turn out to be one of the best characters, introduced characters in that movie, but uh, Steven Spielberg himself was so concerned about the fate of Babu that that was his primary question at the end of the movie. <laughs> it is funny. So well, that That's also funny. I mean, we, we could do a conversation just on that fact that uh, the, the, the thought that all steve could ask at the end of that movie was hey what happened to babu i think says a lot <laughs> about, about the rise of skywalker and kind of what it throws at you so interesting stuff. Uh, i'm trying to get over that at this point in time it's just not worth it i anymore. like it i still they, like it man i'm not saying i hate it i'm just saying in the end that trilogy is a disappointment just like the prequels were and that that by that upsets yeah, me yeah it, it just it just bums me out i just like <laughs> Really? Really? Like, we fucked this up again, but oh well. Oh well. Moving on. Moving on to the top five. All right, well, yes, we're getting into that segment, like I said, that everyone kind of sits and waits for. They look for that timestamp when I share the post so they know they can skip all the nonsense we just, uh, you know, bullshitted about for the past, what, hour and 42 minutes on top of technical failures. It feels like we've been doing this all day. Nick's probably got live construction taking place right now, but we push on. So before I get in the top five, before I let Nick kick that off, we did have a couple mentions this week to get to. 
not many last week, so I'm glad we got some this week. But uh, I mentioned this one last week. Nick is back, so I kind of wanted him to maybe comment on on this. But we got this comment, Nick, from Dallas Hickson, and he was the one I, I think I asked you in, in Slack here, asking if we've ever heard of Dawn of the Jedi Into the Void and how some of his thoughts and some of the concepts from that may be coming to life or at least were a reference or built up upon in these new High Republic tales. Uh, And he was talking about how, you know, some of these people, they only had Durasteel swords. They didn't have lightsabers at that point. Uh, But they also had specific powers with the Force, uh, one being alchemy. So I don't know, Nick, if you had any time. Obviously, your internet was down, so who knows? if you did any study, if you have any more to comment on this for yeah. Dallas. But. So in, in my opinion, I really do hope that we one day see an actual origin story for the Jedi. It was rumored that um, the movie that Weiss and Benioff, the Game of Thrones guys were working on, was going to be a, a, a formation, a founding of the Jedi tale. I think that... Ah. I think that having some of those things like like Dallas mentioned like the Durasteel swords that were infused with force energy that was their weapons back then um having that in in the old in the high republic timeline probably wouldn't fit just because it's not far back enough like we know that the foundation of the Jedi order at least in old canon goes back 4000 5000 6000 almost 10000 years so only going back 400 years um, to, to kick off the High Republic timeline wouldn't really be enough time to establish that type of weaponry unless you do it in like serious flashbacks where you are seeing flashbacks of the foundation of the Jedi Order. I would like to see it, but I don't think it's going to make it here. In terms of the specific what? Jedi powers, and just not even Jedi powers, Force powers in general, I think that's something that we're definitely going to see because... Oh, yeah. Yeah, they've said that... And I believe that the featured Jedi are featured Jedi because of their specific powers. Because then we read something like a synopsis that there's going to be an event that kind of kicks all this shit off that that prompts the Jedi to explore more, to expand out, to check out places like Tatooine, the Outer Rim, as well as the Unknown Regions. And that they're going to need these specific powers to help combat the threats that they dig exactly. up in the unknown. So I do think Dallas is, is on there where some of the concepts from whatever this mythical shit you guys are talking about uh, may bleed into High Republic. Yeah. I think that we're definitely going to see those things. The The Force Alchemy is an interesting one. Um I I never read Dawn of the Jedi specifically, but one of the specific like one force power that I thought was always really cool was Sith sorcery, and that came in, in the Darth Bane trilogy with Bane's apprentice Xana, where she could essentially manipulate shadows, and they were like if they touched you, if these shadows touched you, they would burn you, and they could like. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, think about the shit that the Night Sisters yeah, get yeah, into. Like like Talzine and, and, and Dach, Daka. It's not like, I mean, yeah, I guess they're kind of tapping into the Force, but it was more of an arcane Yeah, it was more of like type. a magical, like, magic yeah, type thing. Right. So stuff like that I definitely think we're going to see, and I think it would be super interesting to see how they used it. Because we've only, I mean, like within the movies and within even the, the, the visual representation of what we've seen, the most out, 
out there that we've ever gotten with like the force would be like you mentioned, Matt, the night sisters, but even that's not really force related. Like the force has been relatively standard. You got your force, push, pull, run, jump. You got lightning from, from the emperor and Dooku. And then that's, really about it you can read people's minds yeah we just we just got the life suck canonized through palpatine, through palpatine yeah and then you have the force heal healing heal. right so it was all it was all pretty tame shit like seeing some of these these greater force powers like cis sorcery or force alchemy or right. you know all this kind of stuff i, I want to say check this out i want to see these fuckers like almost do a like a like a Megazord thing. <laughs> We're like, they're like, Yaga, Yaga Force! And they all like put their hands out and they all shoot out like a different force beam and then it turns into like this big ass force fucking Zord going around like, Ugh. Yeah, I think that would be pretty funny. <laughs> or, or like two of them can mix their powers together and it, it, it does something else. And that's never going to happen. Yeah. But uh, it's fun to think but about. Yeah, I mean, so. something different, something new because the force. The Force is amazing, but it does kind of feel stale now, you know? It feels like, wow, we're seeing the same shit. And, like, yeah, you right. get, like, the you get the life drain from Palpatine, but he literally, he used it for, like, three seconds, and that was it. Now, you're right. I, I want to see more visual representations of the Force, where we actually see it. Like, these motherfuckers are cooking up... Uh, like uh, balls of light in their hands and throwing energy orbs and not just fucking lightning. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I want to see the force. I don't want it to just be, they move their hand and someone flies away. I want to see shit. Yeah. yeah. I think like, I know that's very, that's a very educated take. <laughs> I want to see shit, but you know what I mean? Like I, I want to see them almost, almost like wizards or witches like brewing up a ball of energy and doing like a fucking Hadouken, yeah, but it's, but it's force. Like the further you go back, the more, I mean, I would assume that in the timeline that we've been working in with the Skywalker saga, the force, the discovery of the force happened, like I said, 10,000 years ago. So like their understanding of it is very advanced from what it was back then. So the further you go back, the more like people are doing weird shit with the force. Like, this is going back to like dark ages where like they first discovered medicine and people were fucking cooking up all kinds of weird yeah. shit. Yeah. Le leeching people or taking uh, like a sharp object and poking it into your skull to relieve yeah, pressure like, to see if that works. Yeah. Seeing <laughs> some of these weird, like seeing experimentation with the force before it's really refined. Like I did. They were doing cataract surgery, surgery back in Egyptian times, like literally stabbing someone's eye with a straw like thing and sucking the yeah. shit out <laughs> there you go and, and someone at some point in time had to be like hey i, I think this might work i'm gonna give it yeah, a try like, here this <laughs> sounds fucking wild this sounds fucking crazy and trust me it could kill you <laughs> i'm gonna stab this thing into your eye and try to drain some of this fluid out of it <laughs> yeah yeah just trust me i got your back so no i, I got you uh but hey if i ever uh, remember to put up the graphics for ask us anything we could have a whole fucking episode like this where we, we respond to fan questions, but for some reason, I say it every episode, and then I forget. <laughs> we just gotta, uh, so my goal this week is to try to post those, <laughs> those fucking graphics again. Uh, moving on to mentions, uh, we heard from our buddy Cryo Photography again. He's been kind of quiet lately, but awesome show today. Sorry I didn't catch it live, but Matt had me laughing the whole time. Well, thank you. I don't know how that happened. Maybe he was stoned. <laughs> 
Uh, but I didn't really find myself to be that entertaining. Maybe I'm goofy looking and he was like, ha ha at my appearance, but thanks for tuning in. We will try to do those uh, more often. Like Nick has said, we just got to get his setup rocking and rolling. So maybe this setup we're working on now, it's probably fucked up because of our tech glitches early on, but maybe this will suffice for now until we get the, uh, the OBS all set up for Nick. I already read the comment from YouTube that played in nicely. This was a big one for us, Nick, and I, I just wanted to thank Jax once again. Plastic Action. Uh, this is someone with a massive following, a huge reach. And last week after the show where Nick picked him for the top five and I talked about it, he put out a, a multiple swipe story on us on Instagram, giving a shout out to myself and the Star Wars Time Show crew for breaking down my influencer shot. Really enjoyed the segment. And he essentially just telling people like, hey, get with this shit. So... Uh, me personally, Jax, I just want to thank you for doing that. Uh, Nick and I have always said this. I don't know if you've, you've heard it, but that type of stuff means way more to us than any type of handouts, mentions, this, that, and the yeah. other thing. I mean, the fact that someone with your following took the time to listen and then promote and then try to get some of your followers to join in, uh, that means a lot. And it, it keeps oh, us yeah. going, you know, and it just guarantees you'll be getting a lot more top five mentions. <laughs> All right. So Nick Nick took that to heart. Yeah, I know. You shall I've see. scheduled in some Jack's top fives <laughs> in my head. I know after a certain amount of time, all right, we, we get a plastic action shot in there. <laughs> right, right. And then finally, our, our buddy Reed from Facebook, he's tuning in on uh, IG now. Uh, he, he's got my back on guns and ammo if I need it. I just got to get down there to Pirate Nation in Greenvale, North Carolina. So thank you, Reed. Uh, but also, he, he had good comments for the live stream. He always likes my dramatic readings of his overemphasized messages. And uh, we are now getting him. This is how he phrases it. You two fuckers have made me attempt to learn the gram. There we go. Old fuckers like me are more comfortable on another form of social media, but it's worth it! <laughs> now! Matt! You played football. And yes, so we went into that. Uh, but uh, Reed's big boy. I think he said he's like 6'4", 240, 260. That's a whole lot of man. Yeah. So don't piss off Reed because he's big. He played football, and he's got a lot yeah. of fucking guns he's and ammo. He's got guns to spare, apparently. There we go. <laughs> yes. So if I can ever get out of here, I'm driving down to... Uh, NC to get myself some weapons <laughs> and uh, we've been doing this during lockdown I just have a quick one here but something that I found uh, worked pretty good for entertainment for a family that may have a four-year-old and you want to kind of do some uh, something different outside of the same shit you've been doing for the past six weeks but Jenga I, I didn't think the little one would would take to it but she fucking loves Jenga so that was wow. fun and also introduce another very modern game in pickup sticks. Nice. Okay. So that that's where we've gotten, Nick. And that we've had the internet, and we're literally <laughs> getting to the point where we're pretending that we don't. So, so I, I don't know how much you really missed out on the past week and a half without any yeah. internet. But uh, getting back to these little games has kind of been uh, refreshing, yeah. having a little so, kid. I mean, my my quarantine activities for the past week and a half have been limited to no internet other than, you know, like I can go on my phone and I can like check Facebook, but like doing like, so how many, how many kids do you guys have? <laughs> yeah, I know. Who knows? Right. We could have 
It's like I have a feeling Nick and Taylor have been practicing a yeah, lot. I mean, it was, <laughs> it's definitely one of the activities that we partook in. Yeah. But uh, so, hey man, did you read your book? Yeah, I'm bored. Did you read your book? Yeah. All right, let's go do the yeah. thing then. Okay. So a lot of reading. So like I said, I finished the second Thrawn book, which was Thrawn Alliances, and I'm more than halfway through Thrawn Treason, which is the last of the new Thrawn trilogy. And then after I finish that one, I still have Resistance Reborn to read, which is the novel that leads into T- uh, to Tross from TLJ. Um, we also did some. Well, that could happen now that you, now, now the internet's on. That's pretty much. Yeah, I know. Done, I just right? have to finish the Thrawn book. <laughs> that's the only thing I'm focused on now. Is like finish this before yeah. the internet consumes me again. Yeah. Um, yeah. We also built some like you know some furniture and shit like that. So like we built like a bookshelf that we have in our living room. Oh, like IKEA stuff. So it's a little bit better than IKEA. Okay, it's not the particle board. Um, yeah, it's not particle board. It's actual wood. We built our entire nice. bed, like we built our bed frame that we needed to have that up. So we built a platform bed frame. We tried to mount a TV yesterday and we fucked that up. <laughs> Luckily, we fucked it up so early on in the process that the TV wasn't on the wall yet. So Oof. we're going to have a round. Oh, yeah, because that's right. Is this is this the new one, new one? Like, have you replaced the cracked one that you punched out with your yeah, dog? Yeah, so toy I replaced that TV with one that's going to go in the, the office here. So that one's behind me. So that oh one's just going to sit on the actual, like, you know, the, the, the TV stand that I ordered. Right. So you broke one with the dog ball. You bought another one. And now you almost broke your other TV by mounting Yeah, so the, this TV is a two thousand, almost a $2,000 <laughs> Samsung frame TV. It's like this artistic tv oh, that taylor no. wanted so we got really we didn't even get early <laughs> into the process we were getting to the point where we were mounting the frame on the wall and like we just didn't do it like we didn't read the instructions right because we're fucking idiots there you go i love people yeah. that don't read instructions so we got like two steps in the process and we had screwed it up so i was like look let's just stop <laughs> now because we're both frustrated and let's just yeah. not continue trying to do this. Yeah, let, let's pay. Let's pay a professional. Yeah. So we we may try to do it again today because <laughs> we've actually read through the instructions and we know what we're doing. But for the time being, our TV is sitting on our bookshelf. It's very stable. It's a we we can watch it with no problems. So we're not going to fuck with it at least for a little bit. <laughs> so all right, there you go. That's been so. What what Nick is recommending you do during lockdown is try to break your high end technical yeah equipment. exactly so just if you have a very expensive tv it can provide some fun but it could be costly so you just got to be careful with that that's our disclaimer. throw some throw some things at it throw a throw a ball at it <laughs> see if you can break the screen oh my god dude if you would have told me today that you mounted the tv and while you're watching it it fell off and smashed i, I don't think i would have been been able to continue <laughs> My laughter, not to be mean, but just like, my God, this, this kid's life is never going to get any oh, better. Yeah, dude. Like your, your luck is, has just been so shitty Torpedoed. throughout 2020, if not towards the end of 2019. <laughs> if you're like, Hey man, guess what? Uh, we broke another TV trying to mount oh, it. i had been like, my God, dude, uh, you should just yeah. quit. Like quit life. Yeah. The, the, just, just the stop. The latest in the term <laughs> in the, in the, 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 and not even necessarily shitty luck, but like uh. was... <laughs> So we, you know, after you move out of an apartment, they have to go and assess all of the potential damages of it. Oh, they they take your deposit. Oh, dude, Let me it, guess. it wasn't even. We had to pay a thousand dollars. What? It was because so like one of our cats had like destroyed our blinds. Like she chews on what? Like she chews on. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So like there was that, but then also like 
it was com- like one of our sets of blinds was completely destroyed and turned like we had to like cut the things off because like the wood was broken. But then one of our other cats was pissing on the carpet. I was going to say that's that's the money. Yeah, right that was there, the money. That was seven hundred dollars for carpet replacement. Yeah. So that was so it was a thousand dollars to pay to this fucking uh, apartment complex that we no longer live in for all this repairs. But oh my god it's over now it's done apartment living is finished okay so uh is piss bucket wetting in the house or is there enough space to get away from the dog that she's no she has not peed in the house everything is copacetic and she's using the litter boxes with no problem so nice we're all good okay well there you go there's there's some positivity we'll end it on a positive note there (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry dude i don't mean i don't mean to laugh at you but it is just like I think if this was me going through this, I'd yeah, be, like, or I, I'd be in jail because I would have killed somebody, like, or jumped off a bridge. Like, so it's just at this point, it's it's just I don't know what else could happen, but I'm at least to the point to where I'm living in my house. I have internet, there and those go. are the only two things that were important to there me. We go. So. Now we just need to get him a full time job, and he'll almost be back. Yeah, tomorrow. exactly. That's the only other thing now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, All right. Well, that kind of those are our uh, COVID tips and just personal stories. That's kind of something we've been doing new before we kick off the the fan segment that you know we've championed probably since day one of the Star Wars Time Show Cutover, and that of course is the top five Instagram Star Wars fan artist features of the week. And if you want to get in on this fun, well, if you're watching the video, we now have a nice little scroller there so you can see. But you need to get on Instagram. You need to follow us. You need to tag us in your Star Wars art shots. And you need to use our hashtag Star Wars Time Show. And I do want to take this moment for thanking Black Series for using the tag. He used the tag this week. So I might share a shot after I kind of... I've been getting a little ballsy, Nick, in my features, kind of calling some of the bigger accounts out for not using the tag. I just I feel like at this point in time, uh, being a toy photographer myself, someone that gets into the whole hashtag circle jerk, it's like, I get it. I get why we use all these tags, but why not use one that's actually going to probably get you featured and hell, maybe even talked about on yeah, a podcast, yeah. right? I mean, look, we're not... That small. We're almost to 5,000 followers, 4,800 followers. Hey, hey, you cocksuckers have been doing your homework this month because the, the numbers have surged a bit. I'm sure a lot of it has to do with lockdown. Uh, maybe my, my, my sexy little face on the live stream <laughs> helped a little bit. Who knows? But April is definitely outperforming March. So we, we do appreciate that there shit. There we go. But you got to play the game. Come on. I mean, I'm with you too. I'm going to always put my TBS FF and my Star Wars The Black Series to try to get Matt's attention with the 125,000 followers or whatever. I get that. But some of these other fucking tags people are using, like InstaGood or Buddha Buddha, like fucky fucky, <laughs> it's like, come on. Just, just reserve one of your 30 if that's what you do for hashtag Star Wars Time Show. There we go. If anything, the shit's going to get seen and liked. That's something we know a lot of these other hashtaggers don't do. And you could potentially get featured. And that feature, if Nick likes you, could turn into a top five segment, which we're going to kick off right now, buddy. Go ahead. Who is the first one you pick for this week? I already know, but I'll let you uh, kick it off because I think this was going to be my top one. This was going to be, I mean, this is, so this is a shot from. At roll the hard six, roll the hard six with two X's at the end. Um, And it's a mall shot. And look, every time like this, this mall figure is just 
unbelievably. He's the best, dude. I, I I've yeah. told you that. I mean, it's it's insane what this hot toys mall yeah. looks like. And so like I I look at it and I'm like. God, it just looks so realistic. And then what Roll the Hard Six was able to do here with this portrait that he has of, of, of Maul's face is really just like accentuate all of the good features by putting uh-huh. like, you know, by spraying water on this, you get to see even better, like the, the small details in this face sculpt. And then like the lighting that he uses, the, the you know, the it's not even really posing. It's just like the portrait that he took with this just brings Maul to life so well that it's like, oh yeah, fuck. well, and that's the beauty. There is posing in this, Nick, because this figure, you can move his eyes. Oh shit! Okay. So, so Matt, roll the hard six. Actually, positioned the eyes to look. You know, they're kind of like looking sideways. Yeah. A little, they're not, they're not centered. Uh, but I also think, just you know, fucking around with the same figure, it looks like he. He definitely highlighted the yellow, and it looks like he might have done some dodges on the yeah. veins because he really makes the veins pronounced. That's what I was gonna say. Like the eyes, uh, like I don't. I was gonna ask that. Like I know that they they do have like some of this look to it, but specifically that left eye, it pops right. so much. No, it, 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 the paint's fantastic, but the, I, I I'm I'd have to imagine Roll the Hard Six is using something like what I'll do sometimes. I'll either put an overlay layer on, which is just how you blend it. And I'll use yellow paint yeah. to really make it pop, or like I said, you, there's something called the uh, dodge tool. I don't know why the fuck it's called dodge. I'm sure a graphic artist could explain it. But if you dodge something, you make its colors lighter. If you burn something, you make them yeah. darker. Uh, so I'm thinking, like I said, he either did that overlay technique to highlight the eyes, or did some dodging. But I just I, I love Matt. I mean, roll the hard six. He he's someone on there. He's a he's someone that when he is active leaves great comments, and he's someone like me that, uh, and I even think he's he's way better than I am. But he he sticks to the portraits and more of the the static lone figure type of shots. So I mean that that's kind of what I do. I mean I do it because I'm a fucking bum. It's easy, and I suck at posing. Uh, I don't know why why Matt does it. I, I'm sure he does it because he's made quite a name and following for himself doing bitchin' looking portraits like this mall shot. So uh, I, I just I'm always gonna love the portrait because it requires excellent lighting, uh, but you also have to be able to tell a story or make that character feel alive. And sometimes that's hard to do when you're just shooting a yeah, face. Yeah. But he, he definitely brings them all to life with this shot. So. Oh yeah. It's great. I mean, he's probably got two lights in this shot. Everything else is dark. And then he's probably using a spray bottle to get that uh, rain water yeah. effect. Yeah. So it's awesome. At roll the hard six S I X X. Yeah. Fantastic. I mean, like, like I said, this is one of my top one weeks and this was my, uh, original choice until i saw nick stole yeah, it it was my it was my first choice as well apparently so um next up we have our good friend devin Doty at super underscore scoundrel here yeah he, this this is a guy he's forgetting the tag oh, he, too big for us now <laughs> oh he yeah he's after he, he exploded here not again not not that we're the one that made it he exploded because his fucking art is fantastic but i i do think we we kind of helped other star wars fans find him uh, but he's been forgetting the tag now and then, either not tagging or using the hashtag. So come on, dude, there let's go. Is. Super. But, uh, I mean, we, we we feature every damn shot you put out because it's so fucking sexy. But throw us a bone. We want other people, other artists, to see your stuff and go, hey, that Star Wars Time Show tag, maybe I'll yeah, use it too. Yeah. See, 
it can help some people out. But I mean, this shot here, it's not only the shot, but it, it's, it's the words that he puts along with it. So it's a, right. and the style, yeah. this is, this is a very yes. rebels esque yes. Vader. rebels Vader illust- digital is- illustration from super scoundrel here. And it's overlaid with the words. It says, do you know what I've become? And, and really <laughs> his caption even gives it more context because it, it, it basically, it brings to life the, what is in Vader's head when he's thinking about his former apprentice. He says, Ahsoka, oh, yeah. why did you leave? Where were you when I needed you? You were selfish. You abandoned me. You failed me. Do you know what I've become? And like this illustration and this piece of art that Devin has created along with that sentiment makes this such a powerful image that like I would like, again, like I would buy any of super scoundrels works, but like this is just so powerful the way that he Uh made it. It's just great. You know what I want this on, Nick? Like, his art is perfect for it. There, have you ever seen, like, posters printed on, it's almost like aluminum foil? No, I have. They're like, they're like metal. Okay, almost. yeah, It's yeah, a yeah. very thin, it's like a very thin yeah. metal. I know what you're talking I, I think Super Scoundrel's art would look fucking dope on that yeah. medium. I mean, it would look dope on any medium. Like, I, I've, I've been calling for an art book, not just a little. I, I want, like, a a two-foot-high art yeah, book. Yeah, like, I have a lot of right. bare space on my walls now in this office, and, you know. <laughs> yes. Yeah, load up. Look, if you want Nick to live stream, load up shit in his, his room so he's got shit behind yeah. him. But, uh, I mean, this was... It's just no. It's bad. I, I I love this guy's art. I mean, he's he's up there. He's on our our Mount Rushmore with anyone else like Papa. I mean, it it gets to the point, Nick. Sometimes these days, because we are getting a lot more interaction, a lot more people using the tag, that I, I'm now starting to have to sit there and do kind of like Sophie's Choice with some of the art from these pimps like Super Scoundrel, like. Okay, do I share another super, another super, another super, or do I give someone else a chance? You yeah. know what I mean? So uh, he's just a guy. Everything he puts out is like, oh, oh I love this. I yeah, want it. Yeah, I mean, he's an absolute master of, of digital right. painting and vector illustration and everything like that. All right, so if, if you're listening, Devin, get back on the fucking <laughs> hashtag train. All right? There we go. Come on. Um, so at super underscore scoundrel, you know him, you love him. Make sure you're following him and liking his shots. Um, oh look at I am such a dick look what I even put in my caption use hashtag Star Wars time <laughs> show for features like this Star Wars art creators um, yeah. alright so next up we have a shot from inspired by Andre and this is a really good heavy Mando yeah. Paz Vizsla shot and what I really like about it is the lighting that he used here he used like almost like a like a you know a cyberpunk retro like you know oh yeah oh yeah i was, I was gonna say i mean this is very very cyberpunkish. i know cyberpunk 2077 should have been coming out right now but it's Delayed, not yep. uh yeah but that that's what i get as well i mean it's uh it's like he showed up in blade runner <laughs> and he's getting ready to fucking blow down some replicas. oh yeah so you have the like the like the pink purplish light from one side oh yeah even the rain like that's what i mean like it it does it does feel like a blade runner universe shot yeah i mean it's just the way that he's got it like the the posing's really cool he's kind of got him like hunched over picking up his 
you know, his Gatling gun, the lighting in it's cool, the rain, kind of even like the washed out background, like that bright light in the background almost looks like a like a spotlight that was just shined on. Oh, yeah. And that that's a very tricky thing to kind of balance, because when you have a backlight like that, my friend, sometimes the white can just fucking blow the picture out like it's almost too intense. You lose the subject. Everyone's eye goes right to it. Uh, but the way Inspired uses it here, it, the focus is still on the heavy, in particular that that pose. I mean, you could argue almost his front arm holding it is like that's the main thing, at least right where my eye yeah, goes, yeah. is on the, the leading arm holding the, the front grip there. But yeah, I mean, it, backlighting makes a shot. It's just sometimes it's very hard to uh, perfect because, like I said, you can either wash out the entire subject or kind of rob the focus, but here it is It is done quite yeah. well by our friend inspired by Andre. But he, all, all of his shots are just full of vibrant colors. I mean, this is his style, 100%. Yeah, yeah, you can scroll through his feed and you can see that he really does like using, you know, like very vibrant, saturated colors. So, um, wonderful job, at inspired by Andre on Instagram. Well done, sir. Um, next up, we have a buckethead shot, a clone trooper shot from Sunset Doom at Sunset underscore Doom. I don't, you know what I just noticed? Every toy photography shot that I picked this time has water in it. <laughs> it's like rain. Hey, it's rain. That. I, yeah, I mean, outside of the yeah. art piece. Not the last one. We haven't got the last one yet. But these three, outside of Super Scoundrels, uh, you know, art piece, all of them are figures oh, yeah. in the rain. Oh, I mean, this is this is Doom's go-to. Yeah. I, I mean, every one of his shots is either going to have the rain look, and it's literally it's literally from a hose, because <laughs> he, he shows the behind the scenes. He's got like a, a hose with one of the garden nozzles that you can turn and either do shower or jet stream shit yeah. like that. Uh, or he'll break out canned air and just again use that backlight to flare it up and catch the dust and particles. So. Uh, Doom, it, Doom's one of those accounts that uh, puts out a shot and, and IG just is like, here, everyone look yeah. at it. I mean, I am, I am envious of Doom's reach. Uh, clearly a great toy photographer. This is a shot of Bly here. Uh, kind of a sad Bly yep. shot. Uh, but I mean, Doom, I, I watched Doom just explode and it really is like, it, he's got this, this great setup. It looks like he just goes out to his front or backyard, plops a figure down, turns on the hose or gets his canned air out get some weights for the right natural light and, and here that's we go. That's another thing I was going to mention is like the natural lighting here. Like, I don't know if he did this when it was nighttime or when it was like actually about to storm outside, but like, no, it, it, it's day. And the only thing he uses, and I don't know the, the exact term, but it's one of those reflector boards. Okay. It, it looks like a piece of aluminum foil yeah, yeah, almost. Yeah. And you use it to kind of bounce the sun light. off of yeah. stuff. Yeah, so that's all he does. So, no, this is like in a nice bright day. He just, all his shots are color graded this way, and I almost want to know what the, he uses. Like, what, what are the tweaks he makes in either Lightroom or Photoshop to grade the color this way? Go. Because if you look, like, if you pop out to this shot on his account. Yep, I'm getting to it now. And you scroll, like, again, look, 13 or 1,000 views. Like, his traction's ridiculous. But look at the natural light there. I mean, it's not gloomy. Uh, it, it looks fairly like it's in the daytime, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
So it, it, there's something he does in, in post with, with the color to always make these gritty-ass-looking tones to yeah. his shots. It's so. almost like Zack Snyder, except not as muddy and dirty-looking. Yeah, there you go. It's like his his thing. But, I mean, he's pretty much any post is going to be 700-plus to 1,000. Yeah. So uh, Instagram definitely favors this. He's getting hooked up by Hasbro nice. now, so he's definitely reached the next level. So, yeah, that's huge. Uh, but I mean, just great shots. And he's another one that I do have to caution my. It's like, okay, well, did I share him last week already? Maybe take a break. I mean, dude, my my folder now is is always eighty or more. <laughs> That's how much. Sh- I don't want to say shit, but because it's not shit it's great Star Wars art but that's how many people are getting in on it now and how many I deem viable to make the next cut that doesn't mean that doesn't mean Nick's going to grant you ascendancy to the actual show it is up to me ultimately I am the right there there's a lot of shit going on now so please even if you're a big boy big girl use Hashtag Star Wars Time Show and tag our account at Star yes. Wars Time Show. So you can be like Sunset Doom and get your work there talked you about. And Doom, if you are listening, uh, let Matt know how you do that color grading because I'm sure he would be. Yeah, I want to steal yeah. some tips. Fellow fellow toy photographer here that wants to uh, steal some there ideas. There we go. Thanks. Drop us a, a, a DM on IG. <laughs> um, at Sunset underscore Doom on Instagram. Uh, Good. Yes. Good, good follow there for sure. Next up, we have a incredible mythos fet uh, shot oh, yeah. here by Augie's Toys. And what really like this has to be like masterful Photoshop work or whatever. But that like the way that he has the the mythos fet posed with the the cape blowing in the wind and everything, and then that background that that desert background he must have just like straight photoshopped fet onto this but it fits so well yeah that yeah yeah i I would say this is definitely a composite yeah and it's just man like this figure looks incredible the way that that augie's has him posed is really awesome and then it just ties in so well with the background that like it was just like you see the shot you're like holy fuck this is like uh like it almost looks like a movie still of fucking uh, Boba right. walking through the desert, and, and this this figure is is rad. This is just like I have that Mythos Obi one that we've talked yes. about. Uh, same thing here. This is like an alt take on Fett. Uh, much more. He's almost uh, more scavenger like, you know, more rugged looking. He had a, you know, a lot of these cloth coverings, if you will. I mean, it almost looks like he's wearing a skirt. Yeah, right? yeah, I guess, yeah. Uh, so this is a whole different take on boba i mean a lot of it is 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 still very boba correct and i I do have a big boba and he came with two different setups i'm just too lazy to change (laughs) everything i'm talking everything dude i mean the the gauntlets i can change the helmet the knee pads so on and so forth but who has time for that and after you heard my story a few weeks back on what happened to crate figure arts luke (laughs) after i tried to change some of his parts i'm just I should just leave my toys as they are. Okay? Yeah. Uh, but no, this is kick-ass Fett, man. I mean, I, I love the Fett, and like you said, the way Augie's toys framed it and positioned it here on this background, it it is one that as you're scrolling through the feed, it's hard not for it to stand yeah, out. Yeah, so um, excellent job here. At Augie's, A-U-G-I-E-S underscore toys on Instagram. Uh, go give them a follow. Go give everybody a follow. 
that I've mentioned so far. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Augie's Toys, Sunset Doom, inspired by Andre, Super Scoundrel, and Roll the Hard Six. But we're not done with the tops yet oh, because no. this is a top oh. one week for Mr. Right. Haywood. So, Matt, and there it lead is. us in. All right, so as I, I said the last time we did top one, I, I, I'm kind of using Nick's grace to allow me to pick a shot to kind of go for for other artists that I I personally appreciate. I mean, I love all the art we share, but these are people that you know I follow on my personal account, I've interacted with before. Uh, so this week it goes to my man Austin, a.k.a. at Visual Force, and this impressive lineup of 501st custom clone figures. So... First and foremost, I love the shot because I know it's not as easy as it looks to line up these little cocksuckers, right? Uh, we, we've talked about this in the past. Sometimes getting these guys to stand even just straight up in a basic pose is way harder than it should be. Uh, so I love the fact that he has essentially the full named 501 in figure form all staged and posed together, Beautiful. right? I mean, it looks awesome. Then you have just the customs. And these customs, which apparently he gets from DB Customs underscore one underscore 12. Uh, this is someone I need to get in contact with very soon. Uh, but, I mean, dude, look at these custom fucking clones. It, it's as perfect as it gets. You got fives. I mean, Echo's there. Uh, Arc Trooper is at Jesse. Of course, you got Rex. I don't know the rest of their names, but... He's got every fucking clone you could ever want to own, at least named, from the 501 in this shot. And it does. It looks like they're taking their, you know, if you ever did a team sport in school, yeah, <laughs> every year you, the team would line up and get the team photo. That's what this looks like. And Rex definitely looks like he's a little yeah, pissed. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I just, I, I really, I mean, it's a, it's a clean shot. It's crisp. Uh, but more importantly, I just I love the variety of clones and just how they're they're staged in this visual force. Oh, it's shot. beautiful. In fact, if 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 this was a top six, this would have been my sixth because I click like I go through and I open like a bunch of things that I like and then I whittle down. And this was like the last one that I had open before I eventually got to the five that I picked. So uh, we were definitely on the same wavelength with this shot here. I mean, it's fucking awesome well, i mean instagram liked it too i think this was one of our more like yes. shots shared of almost the week. 500 465 uh, likes so yes yeah, strong showing yeah I, I mean just looking at this I, i'm just I'm, I'm envious i want that whole fucking front row of figures. yeah i mean definitely this db customs 112 dude seems to yeah. be the the source i just I, i'm not a huge fan of phase one helmets oh yeah that's what the guys that's what the three of the guys in the back yeah. are wearing but with with the 501 paint and even the the five's hand on there, it's like damn, <laughs> oh man, these look good. Some good looking fucking figures. But I, I'd have to imagine that Visual Force has to have fifty or more clone troopers. Oh, he's got point. a ton. If you go through uh, Austin's Instagram, I mean, it's that that is his his muse. Is you know he, he oh hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, but I mean, he builds he builds the models. I just, I feel like this guy has, like I said, at least 50 yeah. of them. But damn it, I want this fucking fives, man. <laughs> fives and Echo, that's damn. Anyways, good looking stuff, Austin. Uh, he's someone else I had to talk to about using the tag, but he, he kind of got the message. And 
if I'm coming off as kind of a dick, that, that's the <laughs> point. Right? I mean, come on, people, you know. Let's go. We're, we're all fans of Star Wars. We're all fans of the toy photography. Let's all help each other out. And like I said, we all use these stupid-ass uh, tags like no small creator, action figures, Mezco toys, toy photographer. They don't get you shit. You know what gets you shit? Bad Chinese food. But you know what gets you some Instagram love? That is hashtag Star Wars Time Show, right? So, like... Austin at Visual Force. Use the tag. Tag the account. Do it on all your Star Wars creations. It's not just toys. We love the art too. I've got all sorts of art that still needs to be shared. But like I said, buddy, words getting out there. Each week, more and more people find the tag. I'm trying to find more and more new accounts to share. So big accounts have been around for a while and you still listen. We love you. You're part of the assholes, but please. Make that hashtag prominent. Trust me, smaller accounts will follow your lead. I know I do. Right? Right, oh, Nick? Yeah. We need love. We feel bad. It's like, we're like, or it's not me. I don't want to say we, because Nick's normal. I'm the one that's like Tinkerbell, right? I need to feel people's claps to feel alive, okay? I need to feel loved. Because if we don't, I take it personally. You know, why aren't you using the hashtag? Why aren't you down with the Star Wars Time show? Why isn't there time for Star Wars time in your life? I take it personally, like I've done something wrong. So get on it. Hashtag it up. But that kind of wraps our top five plus one segment, right? We didn't, we didn't miss anybody, did we, Nick? We, we got, got them all. Okay, so it's, it's about that time for the dance. We all love the dance. It's time to go to StarWarsTime.net. And guess what? If you're watching this on YouTube, hopefully the OBS recording didn't uh, fuck itself like our audio recording earlier on. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you should have listened to the whole show. Shame on you. Go to hell. But at this time, this is what we call the dance, and that's because we need you and anyone that is not aware of the Star Wars Time show to head over to StarWarsTime.net. And what you're looking at right now, that is the subscribe to podcast page, just like I've always talked about. It is a real thing. It is not a myth. Look, you can subscribe to the podcast on multiple platforms. I'd say at least 10, but I can't count past five. And while you're here, you could also hit up our YouTube channel where I at least once a week, I try to get some sort of what I think to be interesting Star Wars content. If you think it's interesting, that's up to you. But I still want you to subscribe. So you can do that as well from StarWarsTime.net. And once you've done all that, you just need to like, rate, review, comment, and pass it on. Trust me, my friends, it goes a long, long way. There is a reason our latest video for The Clone Wars has hit close to 3,000 views. It's because people were commenting, liking, and rating. All right. These algorithms are looking for your love of the Star Wars time show. So that's all we ask for you. No handouts here. We don't want your money. We just want your likes, your hashtags, your ratings, and your reviews. And when you're done with that, go ahead and pass it on to someone else. Because here we spread Star Wars time, not 19, not COVID-19. You know what I'm talking about? So help us out because there's always time for Star Wars time. And remember... If you listen to the Star Wars Time Show, the Force will be with you.
always. Yeah, well, I guess that's good.